gonna show you some serious rapping. I come from Jamaica, my name is John Bonnet. When I do my thing, the crowd go bananas. This is Spotlight on the IndieCorner.com. I'm Benno. I'm Joe. And I'm JP. And we're back. It's only been a couple of days, JP. We were just uh, only just on air talking WXW. Joe, it's good to have you back. We, uh, did we make you jealous? Uh, have you booked your travel to oh. Parrot yet? Uh, how are you feeling about missing uh, Tag League? Uh, JP's been making me feel jealous all week. <laughs> He's been rubbing it in. Oh, I'm just making it worse. Telling all sorts of stories <laughs> that... We'll never be able to mention on air, but, you know, just <laughs> it sounds like a great time. And you guys cracking podcasts as well. Oh, thanks Love that end bit of you doing some drunk podcasting. Oh. That was, uh, Do you think that could be the some way Some of forward? this should be, happen more often, I think. <laughs> the problem is we did that and the recording, I, I, just, I can picture it. It was like minutes later when I lost my laptop and I can tell from listening to my own voice. Yeah, I was a bit gone at that point. <laughs> you were keeping it together it was jp who sounds a little bit drunk with the oh, slurring was, of words of i was drunk yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was able to walk and i'll take that as a kind of like yeah that's the benchmark really uh, one thing i was going to ask did you guys get anything from the um meat vending machine or did you just like no. look at it in amazement we just and... ogled at it yeah i thought so chris brooks took yeah. a photo outside of it as well i was glad it wasn't just us um, but no, I didn't really have any use for any cold sausages or. And it was all. It was all. It wasn't like it was cooked meat either. Fish. I mean, yeah, <laughs> raw, raw meat in a vending fish. machine, and fish on the yeah. street, just there. Curry sauce bags. I was kicking myself for not using the photo of it as the show image for the last show because that is my most abiding memory of Oberhausen. Now that they have meat vending machines on the streets, well, I'm gonna have to go like, back. We're going back onto the bowling again, aren't we? Oh yeah, um, but it's. But it's funny because they had that there, and it's like in an industrial estate. Mm. Like, there's not like houses around it. That's a really good question. People That's camping, probably. maybe got a fire on the go, fry the there's, stuff up. You know, Oberhausen, mate. Yeah. They're, they're not. They're not good yeah. for that. They'll have a road. <laughs> yeah. That's it. There were, there were no veggies, vegetables in that uh, vending machine either. Where the JP? Or I don't think there are any vegetables in Oberhausen, are there? <laughs> We've had some tips since that last podcast. Uh, our friend um, Mark Buckledy said there's a nice. Did he say a noodle place or something like that? On the side of the he said it, it was kind of damning with faint praise, though, wasn't it? Ever so slightly. <laughs> of, of this is as good as you're gonna. This is as good as you're gonna get there. That's you're not gonna get a microbiotic salad bar in Oberhausen, oh, are no. you? Somehow? You're not in Hackney now <laughs> when you arrive in Oberhausen. No. <laughs> Any leftover thoughts from Oberhausen, JP? Anything we didn't get in on that uh, mammoth podcast? Oh, I mean, the, 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 there's the things of sort of thanking everybody who from WXW for looking after us and and everyone we met there. Um, How was Patrick? He's a good bloke. 
Patrick was in very good form. Mm-hmm. He's gonna. He is about to be. I don't know if we should announce it, but he's about to become a, a qualified uh, DDP yoga instructor. Oh, awesome! Yeah, yeah. He's he, he's he's a big advocate for it. This is um, Patrick Struber, who is the um, WXW media manager for the weekend. <clears throat> and yeah, yeah. It was he was in really good form. Yeah, oh, cool. You and yeah. him doing a yoga together. We didn't. I need to get yeah. back on it big time. <laughs> I, I enjoy when you do yoga. Do you? He does it at work. I'm going to get into little phases of it. I need to get back into a phase of it. <laughs> You're well, Adidas shower gel, towel, and a 20-year-old Ireland shirt that you like to keep at work for your yoga workouts. <laughs> Anyone listening might think this is a bit random. It's just talking about some random Patrick. But Patrick's kind of our main contact out there, isn't he, from the yeah. WXW office. But he wasn't the only office member you got chatting to, JP. One thing I meant to mention on the last show yes. was I was very impressed with the sheer amount of Germans you managed to apologise to Brexit. Well, that was kind of <laughs> good. I mean, we need somebody it needs to apologise to Brexit. thing come the end. <laughs> Because there was a couple of uh, very nice um, uh, guys from France, mm. Arno and Rich, who were also over. I end up apologising to them mm. as well. Yeah. <laughs> We've got... There was a guy in Germany who once said to me a couple of years ago, but it was with my dad who voted Brexit. Uh, <laughs> this guy said to me, my dad, you may have the Queen, but we have Europe. Wow. And I was like, I know which one I'd rather have, mate, but I'm not sure which one my dad would rather have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, we made a, made a few friends out there, JP. You, you gave us a few pearls of wisdom that I'm expecting to put with your permission at the end of this this podcast. I don't know how you feel about that. But yeah, you came out with so many good things throughout the weekend on the last night. I started writing them down. I just thought this is too this stuff is too good not to be documented. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm so scared, but fuck it, why not? You know, let's, let's do it. Perhaps me and Benno should have like a word online document where we just keep adding to them. Like, I've got, you know, four day, four or five days a week where I can add to it. But... The problem is, though, JP could ruin us. The things that JP hears us say off air. Like, JP, JPs are all quite in, in good in good nature. Me and you, Joe, we get quite dark. That's the problem true yeah 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 he could well and truly take me to the cleaners if he wanted to <laughs> that's what he's holding on to isn't it in a professional and a legal sense <laughs> <laughs> oh. while we were in uh, uh, Germany what, what have you been up to Joe have you been watching did you watch much New Japan I saw you raving about Osprey scale while we were away uh, what else were you up to ah oh, the Long Beach show I've got to say the last four matches on there were great that Osprey Marty I thought was one of their best matches together in terms of the pace, the intensity of it was awesome. I also absolutely loved that tag match main event. Uh, it felt like a all Japan nineties kind of main event tag match where they used to put, it's like a Misawa and Kabashi against Tawei and Kawada sort of match. Mm. It's the closest I've ever seen to that for new Japan, but, um, I really enjoyed the Jay White Tanahashi match and the post match angle oh this God. week. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, this Do you is... know why? Oh, go on. Why is that? Because Jay White was booked how I wanted him to be booked all along, where he can be an equal at points in a match, but ultimately he's a coward and he has to cheat to win. And he's not dominant Jay White. And I think the ghetto dynamic with the firing squad, and they finally did what you predicted, Benno, although it took a little while longer to get there, and I really loved the angle. 
but I think it's much better for him and I think the character will thrive and get over more naturally as a result of it. So I thought that was great. Story said the Tanahashi match was off the chart as well, I thought. I did want to take my victory lap, you know. We did those New Japan G1 podcasts and that was a big talking point, wasn't it? What the Whether Jay White would join the, the BCOGs because he was doing a lot of the same stuff. Uh, I'm glad it happened. I kind of enjoy... I don't think I was the only one. I think a few people kind of made that prediction, but... I don't know about Gado and Jado being in there with him. I like Gado. I like Gado as like Jay White's mouthpiece and heel manager. Mm. I like Jay White teaming up with the Tongans. I don't know about. I feel about them all being in the Bullet Club. The Jado as well was terrible in the in the heel turn angle. Like he 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 kind of turned on Jay White a few seconds too early. Started giving him the finger with the t-shirts on. It was the most predictable thing ever. It still worked, but just something to me just seems a bit odd about them two being in the well what's remains of the bullet club uh, yes so odd that it's the bullet club it's where it wish like, it was its own thing like a new faction or something yeah do you not feel that it feels like that perhaps the rest of the bullet club won't actually be there mm. very soon well, and then it just becomes this becomes the rebranding of it who the hell knows that's it we are at, this is almost like nwo 2000 sort of bullet club isn't it at this mm. point it is this, these lot yeah it could be really i mean they've, they've managed to keep this i mean how long has bullet club been going for now <sighs> five We've, years five years mm. and that's pretty incredible to make an angle go that that long so at some point you're kind of thinking oh this is obviously going to going to jump off the cliff and and if the Bucks, Omega, Cody all decide to leave or do something else that's different. At that point, what do you do with the Bullet Club seeing as it makes them money? Is it just, and it just feels to me like this is a way of transitioning other people into it. Well, I suppose you've got the whole elite thing mm. and the golden elite and all these offshoots oh. and all the rest of yeah. it. And uh, who knows what's what seen, at the moment. Have you seen, I, know, I know you're not on Twitter, Joe. Have you seen all the stuff with Tamatonga the last 24 hours? And, uh, the stuff that no. was in you. No, because uh, we just mentioned in there, aren't you? The, the possibility of the books and Omega being off. And <laughs> very, if, you, if anyone read The Observer yesterday, there's basically a whole section where Meltzer's quite clearly quoting one of the books or Omega talking about how New Japan's not as fun a place to work anymore and everything's changed since uh, Harold May or Mage came on. Yeah, uh, yeah. The last while, and Tamatonga was kicking off on Twitter, basically saying, if anyone thinks like that, they shouldn't be here. It's hard to tell with them whether it's all an angle or whether it's all something they're trying to get over on being the elite but yeah it does seem like there's some legitimate contract maneuvering element to it as well as something of a way i reckon they'll stay i'd be really surprised if they go and i think after all in it seemed like Mm. an absolute inevitability that they were staying because it was you know such a great moment such a great show and it just kind of uses reality doesn't it as a way to push a narrative in a Mm. world where kayfabe is essentially dead so this becomes some sort of postmodern form of kayfabe i suppose so yeah. i'm working Dave's surprise. part of that isn't it working uncle dave yeah. is kind of a big bit of that it's like it's like part of dave being worked yeah it's, it reminds me of pillman and what pillman did in yeah. the 90s to a certain extent with the maneuver and all the rest of it and maybe even Meltzer's playing along with it perhaps he knows i don't yeah. know it's an interesting one don't but I, I hope they stay mm. um because i don't ugh, 
I don't want to see these guys go to WWE and be wasted, you know, especially when we're still in a time when Triple H and The Undertaker get 27 minutes on pay-per-views because, you know, if that's Triple H and The Undertaker, I think we're at peak kind of, I don't know, Flair Hogan main events in WCW in the year 2000. <laughs> that Kane and Undertaker versus Old Man DX match, that's the equivalent of, like, in the Attitude Era, headlining a show with wrestlers from the 70s. Like it just wouldn't happen, would it? What? Why? Why? Is it, why is it acceptable in 2018? It's like Pat Patterson and Gerald Briscoe headlining the show as Sergeant Slaughter and Tony Garea, and they were all the agents who were like the jokes who came down to the ring, weren't they? At that yeah. point, but yeah, these guys are still superstars, apparently. <laughs> uh, Michaels, I just don't want to see. Like, I'm really is, disappointed. Do we think this Saudi show is going to happen? Well, what with <clears> the <throat> shit kicking off with? Uh, I was going to say. Uh, I mean, uh, you're talking about the possibility of sanctions against yeah. Saudi Arabia coming into play because of the the death of the journalist. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I can't. I, can't uh, the, know I know. I know yeah. you talk about. Wrote for the Washington Post That's and right. was a freelancer, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah, and I know. I know you talk about. I think they'll Turkish still push it through. Yeah, sorry, the Saudi consulate in Turkey. So I mean, whether or not there's going to be some comeback for that, and is there's going to be a pressure? I mean, there's been the early stages of people contacting, say, the likes of Snickers saying, hey, do you know that WWE are promoting a show there? Because his name's all over it. I well. hope they go yeah. and they get the worst press they've ever received, ever. And they it need f- it. fucks them. Absolutely <laughs> fucks them. If it ends up fucking the Fox still in some yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what, uh, I don't think it would. Yeah. But I, I think it would, you know, they love, I've never known a company to love patting themselves on the back for any little thing they do mm. that could be spun as good publicity. And for them to get some proper bad publicity in sort of the mainstream media mm. would make my day, like, to no end. Like, watching them pat themselves on the back over Susan G. Komen, it's like, lots of people can just do charity work and just do charity work, not have these elaborate segments on TV where the show is over so that you can pat yourselves on the back. Just see them get fucked over with. Just, yeah, made my day. <laughs> it's very possible as well. I, I think, to be honest, I just see them going through and just doing the show regardless in the middle of the heat because it's just wrestling, isn't it? It's kind of like if it was anyone else, mm-hmm. if there's any other kind of more legitimate sport, yeah. uh, they just wouldn't get away with it or they wouldn't risk it. It being that old carny wrestling stuff, I think they'll do it. I could see them never going back, but I think there's just too much money tied up in it to, to pull back unless... Vince's good mate Trump weighs in at some point, or you know, it gets a the heat gets a bit more unbearable. Yeah, talking of Trump, did you guys manage to? Um, well, that's a bit of an aside, but Trump hanging out with Dana White, doing Dana White's bidding uh, in the White House. Did you guys manage to watch UFC in Germany? Well, we did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a, that was a battle, wasn't it, JP? We both got up, and I kind of I realized as soon as I opened my eyes, I was like, right, I need to avoid spoilers. Turn my phone off, left it in the bedroom. And then we spent a while trying to get it loaded up, didn't we, on your laptop. I wanted to use BT Sports and watch it legitimately, but there's always the risk with BT Sports. If you load their website, you're going to get a big yeah. spoiler about who won. Yeah. So we had to go through some more uh, nefarious um, websites. BT Sports, don't put the show up straight away either. Because mm. I've got BT Sport and I've gone on the website before, hoping to watch the show, mm. and I've had the results spoiled, and it's not on the website. I've done that couple of times now so i've had to find yeah like you say uh more nefarious means to watch the show <laughs> usually the wrestling thing- websites as well because i think all the dodgy mma sites get shut down right away but again wrestling going under the radar if you go to one of those watch wrestling dot insert initials here websites you're always going to find it aren't you 
And that's what we did. And unfortunately, they break it up into parts. Mm. So you are running the risk of <laughs> trying to avoid spoilers. Yeah. In the same way that this is um, this is this is streaming issues one hundred and one, <laughs> and it will come up with the box that you're going to press, and it'll have all the pictures broken. It's oh, thank you. So I see you. You know, got the main event. He was mm. one of the main event at the end. So you're doing this stuff like it's like being a child having to use my hands yeah, to yeah, cover the yeah. screen yeah, yeah. to yeah. get around. It. You're very good at it. Um, but we did manage to see it, and. Um, yeah, particularly the main event, and I'll say the line I've been boring everyone with this week. It's good to see Bill Watts making a comeback and is now booking UFC. <laughs> that <laughs> is what it felt like, though, wasn't it? It was just absolute was. insanity and just perfect booking. Derek Lewis played American football and can cut a promo without being that great a worker. He's JYD. <laughs> he is. And then, and then up now. He was a crazy brawl at the end of the week involving a, uh, involving a Russian heel. <laughs> like... This shit is, it really is. It's <laughs> early 80s. A Russian heel and his, like, you know, backup yeah. Russian heels as well. Like, yeah. it's the Red Army. What's that I um, mean, company that they're going? War Games, as far as I've well, been. I was going to yeah. say, what's that? Isn't like an MMA company called, like, Quintet or something like that, where That's they're doing, like, four on four fights? This is perfect yeah. for that. Do that. Squad versus squad. Book a big pay per view. You'll, you'll break even the 2.5 million they did for this thing. Yeah, because Artem Lobov, who caused all this shit to kick off in the first place, didn't yeah. he? With um, Didn't Khabib's team ever go at him and that caused McGregor to go mm, yeah. to New, New York. York and throw the dolly through the window and all the rest of it? Mm. He's facing one of the guys who... That's I right, think he's yeah. facing the guy who jumped in the, jumped in the octagon and had to go on McGregor. It's one of those two dudes, isn't it? Yeah, who, yeah. who might get suspended or they might just let... I think they're just going to let it die down and then they're going to go forward with that fight. And they've got a book... Like, Connor got decimated. Like, I was watching... I'm a big... I know you guys aren't, but I'm a big Connor fan. And I was watching it with UJP was, and I just hoping that he'd come back. And he wasn't in the fight at all. But after all, I mean, all... Apart from that third round. Yeah, I think he might have won the but, third round. Yeah, but that, that felt maybe. like Khabib stepping off the gas as yeah, well, kind of yeah, saving yeah. himself. Yeah. But all in all, like, it wasn't like a, a fight where you'd say, oh, yeah, we need an obvious rematch. But once you do all that post-match, once the buy rates come in, they're obviously, they've got to do it again, haven't they? It's going to happen. Oh, yeah, two and a half million. Mm. Um, and they'll play all that footage again. Buy rates. Yeah, you've you've got to do that. If you've got a chance, and and the second one will do bigger business. And if you've got any kind of an undercard, I still say do it in Russia. Sixty thousand. Oh, in the Luzhniki. In the Luzhniki oh. with Conor McGregor doing a Rocky Four style training yeah. camp. Think of the Irish, though, JP. Think of all. I mean, we've met, met a lot of traveling Irish and Germans. That's, Think of the thousands yeah. that would make that journey and might not come home. I'm not sure if that's the best that's, idea. That's true because it. <laughs> That that would be a serious affair. That I, you wouldn't see, you know, people being on their best behaviour like they were perhaps during the World Cup. <laughs> but we'd have to see. I think as well, going back to the um, to the fight itself, mm. I don't know. In terms of McGregor's defence as well, I didn't think he did too badly in the oh, first take round. Take down defence was really good, wasn't it? That was kind yeah, of like yeah, yeah. But but it sort of feels like the um, Nate Diaz feud, but times 10 mm. <laughs> like he's lost that first yeah. fight there's a rivalry there but the nate rivalry was never it was a constructed rivalry wasn't it? let's be honest they this, both knew how to play those yeah. roles didn't yeah they? this feels absolutely legit on like a oh, yeah. different like scale habib's just not in on the joke is he it's kind of like like yeah. you say diaz knows what the game is where i think connor's playing a role and yeah khabib just doesn't really Kinda. He just he's just taking it seriously, isn't he? He's like he's like yeah. he's like your mate who doesn't understand banter, and he just comes back with something really yeah. really cutting and serious. He's like that guy who just doesn't get it. 
Yeah, the guy yeah. ruins the party, which I've probably been at times, I imagine. Saying but... that, a dolly didn't almost go through his head on a bus, so I can't understand it. And he caused emotional distress oh, yeah. to other fighters yeah. and, you know, lost them paychecks because they had glass in yeah. their eyes and all sorts. That would have been well. out of pocket because of training camp costs and various yeah. other things. Like, yeah, yeah, there's... I mean, that was the thing on the commentary that was notable, was was the commentary were, like, very much, like, could be really bad. And it's just, like, you do have to look at Connor and, and oh, his yeah. level of responsibility. This... He gets away, but then you see it with John Jones. Yeah. There's all sorts no, of the moves Jones that they're making. The, the moves they seem to be making, having Derek Lewis call me a fight in a, you know, end yeah, of that, November. That, like, I wouldn't... I, I probably... I may not have watched... I know, I would have watched the Diaz-Porio fight, to be fair. Yeah. But... Now that the Derek Lewis call me, oh, yeah. what's going on? My interest there, but I also hate that my interest is there because yeah, yeah. I disagree so much with the fight being made. It's become boxing and the freak show fights, the fights that you know shouldn't be taking yeah. place. A man, like a man with a broken oh, hand versus a man with a broken head. That's essentially what it is. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, God help him if his balls get hot in that ring as well Pro- during that. <laughs> proper Bill Watts main event though. Two oh. two legit sportsmen as yeah. well, both yeah. charismatic. One Jr. Olympic- into calling. Oh, man, nah, nah, Maybe nah. not now. <laughs> maybe Notice 20 years ago. Nobody won't be trying ago. anything off the top of the cage anyway, so like, you, don't have, to worry. <laughs> you don't have to worry about the top rope band with Bill yeah, Watts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He does a wild UFC. It looks more like Bellator these days, UFC. Yeah, me. Yeah, that was... At least, at least Be- Bellator kind of revels in its cheapness. <laughs> having like fights between people who just shouldn't be anywhere near. Vandalay uh, Silver and Rampage Jackson oh, for the fourth time. God. Yeah, but I mean, I suppose on a wrestling point, uh, yeah. Any any interest in uh, NXT UK coming up on Wednesday? It's, no, uh, apparently today, they've. I saw the announcements and I thought, oh, it's got to be months away, and it's literally this Wednesday, eight pm. Uh, they're starting their one hour show. I mean, I'm half interested, but it's not even like it's a series like ITV. It's just it's WWE style, isn't it? It's going to be every hour until the board every week until the board with it. I'm just yeah. not that interested in NXT UK. Maybe they'll get me. I believe the tapings were fun. And I believe uh, Rovert was saying on his time, he, he's my second favourite news source outside the Observer. Just hover around on Rovert's timeline. It's the best place to get the scoops. He was saying that they're going to be working towards probable takeovers, uh, is what he'd been heard, hearing as well. That might pique my interest a little bit. Um, okay. But yeah, these tapings are so old. They've been in the can for so long. I'm not sure how much I care anymore. That's, you know, there is a level of immediacy that I think a lot of the times that people forget that you need that to be uh, the case. And we're actually seeing it. It's interesting because obviously next Wednesday, their debut, and then you've got Rev Pro on Free Sports. With that's right, that's next Friday, isn't it? I forgot that was That's this Friday. God. But those were taped after those um, NXT UK shows quite a bit, you know. So the fact that they've got this, this outlet for it the whole time in terms of the network why they didn't say test run these early shows on there if they were trying to sell the product onto TV because mm. they would have had this product there to kind of show them and say we want to put this I think they would try them weren't they? Standard. Well, they, they were there was the whole thing with BT wasn't there? Yeah, yeah. apparently I mean that would be a weird one I remember like I can't remember who it was who said it, but maybe they rebranded it to NXT UK because they couldn't sell WWE UK outside of Sky. So they could you know, say it's a different product and we're going to give it to BT Sports. But uh. it would have definitely upset Sky. I could just never see it happen. I can't believe... I, I struggle to believe how serious those neg- negotiations could have been, really. I couldn't see a home outside of Sky. I think they just upset their own negotiating power for next year when they got to do the, the, the proper Raw Smackdown TV deal anyway. Do you know, I reckon World of Sport could have got more viewers 
Oh, go on. Two hour block of NXT UK. Interesting. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. WWE branded show followed by World of Sport. Maybe crossover viewership, but obviously it's competition in yeah, some way. As if but... the Fed are that up. I mean, you've just like, you remind me the fact that Rev Pro's next Friday and WWE launching two days before. I'm going to throw that conspiracy, oh. with no evidence whatsoever. I'm throwing that conspiracy yeah. theory out there for for our fans on Twitter, <laughs> and they're trying to spoil the Rev the Andy Q dream on Friday. Probably not. But yeah, they don't like competition, do they? Ah, uh, mate, the progress bookers uh, obviously been heavily involved in NXT UK, or the pro, the free mates, I should say. <laughs> so you know, there they go, the old conspiracy once again. <laughs> I can imagine some angry Twitter users getting very angry. Oh at Christ, not this again! <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you won't but, be watching it then, guys. No, I won't bother. There's anything WWE at this point. I like NXT. I do. Um, I sort of watch the NXT shows as sort of a and sort of binge watch them mm. and run through them before takeovers usually. Um, and sometimes when I'm having a shit, I might watch a bit on my phone as well. It's quite good. Um, <laughs> quite a good viewing when you're on the toilet. We hear way too much about your your toilet habits on this show, Joe. Yeah, quick segments. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but NXT UK. Why would I watch it when I can watch these? guys you know around the country doing the stuff thing, you know it promotions i much prefer and i've no interest in wwe branded stuff at this point and also this promotion isn't based out of you know a love for the uk scene it's based out of pure cynicism mm. i don't want to watch wrestling that's born out of cynicism i want to watch wrestling that's born out of an interest in wrestling and making you know things better on the uk scene whereas i don't actually fit apart from the guys getting a paycheck i don't really think this adds anything to the uk scene it, as a quality it's one of the things that, that that i'm least looking forward to it is the fact that is this going to be it's, it's going to be wwe which means that it's going to be the wrestling is going to be dictated in certain ways so the kind of matches that we'd be used to that we we would have gotten in all these promotions we would have got to see live when you know you're not going to get them mm. there may be the odd match, but it's only to go over 20 minutes, probably not. I'd be, be stunned if they did anything like that. Yeah, if I hear there's it's, a banger it's going to be of a storytelling match. in that same way. It's going to be yeah. pieces of camera in the WWE way. It's going to be like, well, that's your hard cam and that's what you're working to. And that for me kills it. Yeah. And if you're oh. not, and if I'm not interested in WWE product as it is, mm. then Christ, I'm not, I'm not going to watch that. And especially at a time when there's so much other stuff. That's the problem in it. I mean, I'll probably watch it because I'm a glutton and it's new wrestling every week and I like my weekly wrestling products. So I will watch it. And, you know, I will say, you know, that first lot of tapings that went on, there were some solid matches in there. You know, Tyler Bay Pete Dunne was one of my matches of the year last year at that NXT Chicago. If they do takeovers and the matches mm-hmm. can be even near that quality, I still think that it's, it's going to be a product worth watching if, yeah, maybe uh, time is, is at a min- minimum with the amount of other good uh, stuff out there. Yeah. And that's the issue, isn't it? Yeah, the WWE is just putting too much content out, and this just feels like another kind of needless show in the same way the oh, current May Young night. Classic feels needless. That's it, same night mm-hmm. as May Young Classic, regular NXT, 205 Live, and now NXT UK. That's a, that's a, that's a pile-up of a Wednesday. Is I know the May Young Classic is pretty much done, but my God. And are they still producing that story time shite as well? <laughs> that's, yeah. yeah if you've watched up. that. No. 
absolutely no chance. Have you watched any of the current May Young classic? I know. I haven't seen any. Okay. I thought you was the British wrestling spotlight. Oh, stop. There we go. Well, if it's wrestling <laughs> correspondent, would have been um, dipping your toe I, there. The problem is it came at a time, and I think, again, the immediacy thing. I knew who was making their way through because I knew about the spoilers. It, it just felt like, okay, I'll cherry pick matches if this particular yeah. some matches that are particularly great that yeah. I'll take if a match gets a lot of hype I'll watch it it's time constraints and I found mm. that WWE have taken a lot of my time over the years and so I'm now at the point where I'm like actually I don't really I'll, I'll give you it if you really deserve it but things like that and Super Showdown I made a cursory attempt to try and watch when we were in in Germany it was like five minutes no <laughs> yeah so no. Like, oh, I, you guys didn't watch it in Germany. No, no. I remember it was being. It was when I'd been reunited with my laptop. We were, what's that sports bar that I hate? JP uh, three sixty. Three sixty. Centro. And it, we were. I had it on on my phone for people to watch, and I turned it off because no one was paying attention. We had missed AJ Joe, which was the one match that I was interested in. Um, mm. But even that, I mean, it's AJ Styles and Samoa Joe. I should probably be more interested than I am. Yeah, my my interest in WWE products is at an all time low. I, I wonder whether uh, NXT UK is going to change that in any way. Yeah, I know a lot of people who have been watching about the same length of time as us, similar sort of fans, not watching anymore. Just mm. complete blackout on the stuff. I watched one match from that Super Showdown when I was eating my dinner last night. Because <laughs> I heard it, I looked at the length of it in the Observer and it was 10 minutes. And I thought, my dinner will take 15. Then I'm going to throw uh, July, is it July 22nd, the new Paul Greengrass oh, which yeah. I watched last night on Netflix on. And I watched Buddy Murphy against Cedric Alexander. And it was fine, but it was hugely overrated. Mm. But then I thought, you know, I'm a bit of a glutton for punishment sometimes. <laughs> Can have a look at this Triple H Undertaker match. Oh, no. Oh, I, I, I liberally flicked through it. And when I saw Shawn Michael with bold head, I had to switch it off because it was just <laughs> kind of tragic. It just, ah, oh, just, I don't want to see Shawn Michaels being like Terry Funk. It just felt wrong. Mm. Um, yeah. So that went off pretty quickly. And then I watched uh, <laughs> the new Paul Greengrass film, which was considerably better. <laughs> Probably a better choice of your time. Uh, yeah. Well, well, I suppose while we're talking newsy stuff, I mean, going the other direction, we. Park, uh, as you pronounced it, Joe. Park, he's uh, he's back. He's he, he's out. He's not on the Indies, but he's in Dragon Gate. Have you seen any of that stuff, or do you plan on watching that? He's got a. Have you been keeping an eye on it, JP? Hasn't he got a, a big singles match coming up? I think he has, but I'm not. I, to be honest with you, I don't know who that's against at all. Drag Dragon Gate's a weird one for me. I tried to watch it years ago, and I just couldn't get into it. And whenever I see any little bits and pieces of Dragon Gate, I just can't. I don't know what it is. There's a real disconnect for me with it. It's just not something I've ever really engaged with. Um, so I've not seen. I've looked like read about the Neville stuff. I've not seen any of it. Mm. How how's it been? Have you watched it, Benno? I've seen the angle. Uh, basically, like everyone else, I've kind of seen photos more than anything um, of it. <laughs> I'm kind of glad that's where he's gone back to. I think it's... Yeah, it, if he's mean, happy. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And it probably should have been predictable, shouldn't it, that he was going to go and do that. Um, I, I don't know. I don't see him coming over to the, the UK anytime soon. I think it, it feels like, from the spoilers that I've read, he's very much embedded over there right now. He's working a lot of tags. Um, so, yeah, I could see him just staying over in Japan and when, it, when he's in the UK, maybe only being willing to, to do stuff when it's... Uh, you know, when it's a, a real, a big payday or something he really wants to do, I think he's someone who can just do what he wants, isn't he, uh, at the moment? I think so, and I think it work, it works well for him. He's in a place where he's going to be loved. I'm assuming that the the match he's going to, the show he's going to be on is one of their sumo hall shows, one of their big shows. 
um, in terms of it in, when he when he wrestles um, for for Dragon Gate. So it would hopefully help them boost their business. And then it's really the case of where does he want to go? Mm. Because of the sort of shifting sands of the wrestling landscapes at the moment, it depends whether what's going to happen in January and what's going to happen in terms of... So New Japan is obviously brought up. If people leave, there's a kind of a good spot he could go into rather than if he went there now where he'd be kind of in amongst a kind of cluster. I think he's better off waiting for a couple of months before he makes any kind of firm commitments. Mm. I mean, I'd be disappointed. I know it's, it's Newcastle, but if you like turned up a defiant or yeah, something, you'd feel like yeah. a real kind of let down in a way because he's, he's bigger than that. I just want him to come and kick back with his old mate, Andy Q, and, you know, <laughs> toast a beer to old times and then agree to, you know, come in at your call on November 9th. That would be, that'd yeah, be wonderful. I was just looking. I mean, the singles match I mentioned before, and you had seen something. Um, this is for Gate of Destiny on the fourth, so he's got five <laughs> days to get back to the UK. Uh, he's wrestling for Fulamita in Dragon Gate as a singles. Oh, cool! That's oh, wow. something I want to see. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a really good match for him to um, to go back to. Mm. Yeah, that sounds great. But yeah. do you know what a better match is? Will Ospreay. <laughs> that's what we all want, isn't it? I mean, it's going to be all we want. it's it's going to be an arms race to see who can book that first. Ah, uh, then Ibushi, please. Mm, I'd take that too. Those are the two matches. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, definitely. Uh, anything else you want to talk about before we... Uh, I mean, Joe, we, we did want to talk about you uh, getting to the cockpit for Rev Pro. Uh, have oh, you yeah. got any uh, other shows coming up or anything like that to talk about? I think you were talking going to Fight Club Pro again soon, weren't you, Joe? Um, they've got a, a few shows coming up. I know they've got their... Is it their 100th show uh, that's coming up at the end of next month? And then they've got that big Infinity Weekend. Did you see what they did with the the Infinity Weekend today where they... They announced that uh, it was going to be a one-day show, and then to bring to carry on this Schadenfreude story, they said uh, that they'd only got the Friday, and someone else had booked the hangar for Saturday, and it turns out that it's Chris Brooks who's booked the the hangar for Saturday. It was kind of cool watching it. Kind of, it's one of those things on Twitter okay. where they posted on Twitter, "Oh yeah, someone's booked the hangar before us on Saturday," and you could feel people typing the angry tweets of, "Oh, what a fight club pro doing?" And then the heel group jumped in with their own show. It's very um... oh, it's sold out already. No, it's sold out. 97. Oh, right. Yeah, I thought you thought you meant it sold out. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, it's NWO sold out, isn't it? That's literally what they're doing. Similar to what they, I suppose, what the Elite kind of did with All In. It's clever. I, I am intrigued by all the Schadenfreude stuff. I don't know. I know the, the, the 100th show they got Masato Tanaka announced for. Uh, that interests me. I wouldn't mind seeing him live. He's uh, still alive. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> still, you know, Jesus. He's one of the people you would have expected to be uh, from all those chair shots, but... Uh, yeah. Mike Awesome's no longer with us, is he? <laughs> there you go, yeah. And he's still, uh, but somehow, yeah, Tanaka's still going. Uh, I think it'd be interesting to see him live. He's a wrestler I've not seen. Ah, just yeah, we're just looking at um, Fight Club Pro now. It looks quite cool what they've done there. Actually, I've got to mm. say uh, the Chris Brooks Schneider Freud thing. I was considering the one on October twenty sixth because mm. uh, not work that day, so um, I might have the Friday stress of getting to Wolverhampton after work. So That's possibly um, two weeks today, head to head up there, check out the new venue, mm. get down to Jack's Snack Bar for a lovely bit of grub. I swear that place is a front for something, but the food's great. <laughs> <laughs> if Trent Seven's every, listening, everywhere that, around it? there is a front for something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, cause, uh, be that'd be fun to go back to Wolverhampton. It's been about a, almost a year since we yeah. last went, hasn't it? It's been a long time. Yeah, I mean, I'm tempted. Yeah. I, 
Are you tempted, old Jimmy? I'm tempted by the Infinity Tournament again, but it's a bit. I was just looking at the lineup now. They haven't got Omari listed, and he won it last year. Never got his title yeah. shot. Did he lose his title shot to Walter? I think that's. I think someone told me that because I've not been paying a huge amount of attention to Fight Club Pro. Kind of weird that he's not in it the second year. I think. I think he did. He did lose it to Walter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's one of the things as well that also on the VIDs there's no commentary. Mm. Yeah, that puts me off. And that makes. And yeah. we always talk about it being a live promotion. Yeah, and that's yeah. Kind of part of the reason why, because if you watch the VID, it's like okay, but you haven't got the context with where this fits in. Yeah. That's yeah. The problem. Um, Although the eight they've got in for the actual lineup look good, mm. and it's good to see Jordan Devlin sort of focused on heavily as being one of the the talents there. And I'll be honest, I'll be very interested. They're getting a lot of the the young Irish talent they had in for their um, uh, project. Was it Project Mayhem shows though? The ones they had at the end of August. Oh, the ones at, um, at Bush, Bush Hall, Hall in yeah. London. Yeah, like Scotty Davis and Valkyrie yeah. and the rest. I'll be interested seeing those if they start making some regular appearances. I was at Bush Hall the other day. Went to see uh, the Great British Bake Off Extra Slice <laughs> at BBC Television Centre. Oh, that's um, the real. We should have a podcast on that. How was it, Joe? Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, Stephen Mangum was one of the guests. So I've got a couple of Dan shouts in, obviously. Uh, of course, you did. Not many people knew I was on about. Um, yeah, I had a, my girlfriend had a great time. I had a solid time, <laughs> but she did come to WrestleMania <laughs> with me this year and yeah. NXT. So you know, I kind of owed her a few, and it was all right. Huh. Oh, good stuff. Um... That, that's a complete aside, but yeah, possibly... I can't beat that. <laughs> I was gonna... Just up the road is uh, the London Cockpit, actually, from Shepherd's Bush. Not too far. Not too Very far. good. Oh, Probably five, six minutes in the car, depending on the yeah. traffic. Forty miles per hour over that flyover could be faster. Oh, yeah. um... You've been there recently, Joe? Or... Say it again. Been there recently, have you? Or yeah, was at the cockpit on Sunday. Uh, good show. Got to see MK McKinnon come to the. Uh... Come to the fore in uh, in Rev Pro with his fantastic match against David Starr that really got him over. I'm sure Stu's listening. I'm sure he's uh, got a big smile on his face right now, um, knowing that MK had a really great match. Um, that was one of the things that we heard when we were away was that, that there was that match and it was getting kind of really good reviews. Uh, it was a pretty mental match. It felt what it felt like was. And Andy Quilden had said to David Starr, like, I want to make a star out of McKinnon. I want him to be on my shows regularly, mm. go out there and have a killer match of him. And it was laid out like a killer match. And it was it was good. It was really good. It was one of the better cockpit matches this year. Mm. And they did a lot. <laughs> they did a hell of a lot. Mm. David Starr cut a fucking awesome promo at the beginning, as usual. Mm. Um, shut up. Uh, one of the guys in the front row um, that you know from Fight Club, oh, yeah. the Josh Bowden fan um, yeah. at Fight Club Pro. It, it was hilarious. Is that, is that real heat for David Starr, though, or is it more of that no. personal stuff that he's been getting? <laughs> yeah, it's very much that. Um, mm. But then the match itself, my God. like they, I don't think anyone was expecting what they produced here. It just came out completely nowhere. Mm. And by the end, the crowd were giving MK McKinnon a standing ovation, shouted his name, clapping away for him. It's one of those where he, he got over more in defeat. David mm. Starr had gone, MK was there, and it it absolutely worked. Like I think he's going to be on 
Rev Pro shows regularly from now on after this. Um, and I think people will be looking forward to seeing him each month. And if he can carry on producing this, I think this was the match he needed as well. He's yeah. been back, what, almost a year now. And I've not seen him many places. I don't know how many shows he's been doing. But I know that some of his Fight Club Pro matches have apparently not been great. It mm. feels like maybe a lot of the guys he came up with have really moved on. They've had lots of opportunities. They've improved as wrestlers. Whereas he's stagnated because he didn't wrestle for a long time. He's been put in there with a level of talent that has moved on from from himself he's not lived up to the to his end of the bargain unfortunately and understandable but i think these regular bookings in rev pro if he can carry on doing this are really going to benefit him so yeah i hope to see him back there with a bit of luck yeah it sounds uh, like i mean these cockpit shows you've always kind of said we were talking about away weren't we jp mm. all of that sounds it sounds like a lot of fun but how good i mean is it I suppose, does it lead in well to Global Wars next week? How no. much did they really do to... That's it. I was reading the results and you know, hearing that. That all sounds great. But one criticism, I kind of it does feel like two different... That sounds like a completely yeah. different world to what's happen, happening on Sunday at Global Wars. I don't know if that's harsh or... I don't know. No, what, I think, I think it's that? true. Mm. I think there is a real disconnect between um, some of the cockpit shows and the sort of main shows at York Hall mm. and at, at Brixton this weekend, obviously. Um, it feels like those cards are sort of super cards where uh, they have slightly different storylines that are advanced on those shows, uh, sort of long term. Mm. And the cockpit shows, yeah, there are matches that do lead on to the card. So you've got the Lord Gideon Grey Great O'Khan match. No, not Lord Gideon Grey, Rishi Ghosh, I should say. Mm. And I'm massively into I love Rishi Ghosh and Lord Gideon Grey. I think they're two of the most underrated guys around. And for me, they're the best comedy workers in the entire UK. Mm. But at the same time, how many people who are going to the Brixton show on Saturday, or yeah. sorry, on Sunday, are going to have known what the bill to this Rishi Ghosh Grey car match is? It's probably just going to look like a random sort of jobber match. Mm. But actually, there's this kind of long term story that's been told over the smaller shows with yeah. Rishi and Gideon Grey. But I don't think that's going to connect at all. It's like Eddie Dennis last year had this amazing storyline of the cockpit shows where he was on this losing streak. Yeah, which I absolutely loved. My dad loved it when he went to that show as well, got really into it. But then he faced Pete Dunne at York Hall and the crowd were kind of dead and weren't invested in the story of the match. And it was a real shame that for some reason the cockpit shows don't necessarily get the traction that... In my opinion, they kind of deserve, but I don't know if it's something to do with the distribution, the way they're, they're advertised afterwards, because they are genuinely great shows. Well, it makes me wonder, is, is the free sports TV programme, is, is that the gap is going to end up fifth? Yeah, up maybe. Filling? And do they then work, rather than cockpit shows, they're kind of... That would make would sense. Cockpit shows, yeah, they, should they yeah, just move to the side where they're just these really small, kind of almost mm. boutique wrestling shows? Like um, in a circle, like in a circle 12 yeah. times a year. Yeah. And, and they're doing these small boutique shows there and they may play into the storylines, but really what you're going to see is kind of almost this unique product. The free sports shows would then build to the live, mm. um, to build to the big York Hall shows at that point, if that's the case, because there were things about at the taping I was at, and obviously we'll get to see it next week, where there were there were storylines that were being advanced that I've not seen at the cockpit. Um, also heard as well there was a couple of, references made to the like title situations yeah um so 
obviously the titles um, have been in Japan for a while. Jamie Haight with a women's title and then Suzuki with two of the titles and Zap with the other tag belt, obviously. And they did a Zoe Lucas cut. Um, I, I think it might have been one of her first live promos. Um, okay. And she did a decent job. A little bit of awkwardness, but I thought it was pretty pretty good for the most part. And then Jamie Hatch was talking about where Jamie Hayter has been and all the rest of it, mm. um, like not been there defending the belt. And then Jamie Hayter turned up behind her, which actually worked really nicely and had quite a nice little angle that sort of came from it. And it was all mm. about her not being there, being in Japan, the belt not being there, where's this women's belt been? And then David Starr cut a promo as well before his match, talking about... Um, the, the other titles in Rev Pro not being there and him being the only constant champion, which kind of got him over as a face because <laughs> people started cheering. That's the danger, isn't it? So it's, start, it's starting to feel like people are actually sort of wanting those titles on the shows regularly now. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering... That's if, I'm in that camp. Now, yeah, yeah, I'm wondering whether that's going to be addressed coming up as well, especially if there are more free sport shows coming up as well. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we've got Suzuki Ishii. So the title is going to be on one of the New Japan guys, no matter what, for a little yeah. while longer. I don't really have an issue with that. It depends on the dates that they've got them for. I'm assuming it goes back to Ishii and then we get on to someone else eventually. Mm-hmm. But I think at the moment, people do want... Because I do think... you. It, I, I get why you would put the belts on those guys completely, mm. but I do think people, if, say, the world title was on one of the guys, you could be promoting the tag titles, especially with how yeah. hot the tag scene is in Rev Pro at the moment, as main event belts um, on the smaller shows as well, and I really do think it would work, and it does feel like there's a little bit of a gap as a result of that. So, yeah, it was interesting to see it addressed on the show itself. Mm. Yeah, that's it's kind of the criticism that, People will make a Rev Pro, and yeah, it, it makes sense to lean into it for a story, but I also think it kind of brings attention to it too. That was kind of my thought as kind of the spoilers come out. I just think, you know, you mentioned there, I mean, Suzuki Ishii, I think I'm with you in that. I think I've, I've said it before, so I won't repeat myself. I, I'm worried with this TV idea that Rev Pro is going to fall into the Ring of Honor trap of having one set of stories for the TV, one set of stories mm-hmm. for the cockpit, and then there's the York Hall slash, you know, whichever mm-hmm. big venue they can get. Mm. It's forgivable, though, I think, if it draws. And it draws, doesn't it? I mean, Suzuki Ishii has sold that building out on Sunday. So I think that says all it needs to say, doesn't it? And as much as the cockpit shows sound fun and when I see them, I enjoy them, they are kind of... There's only so many people realistically you can get in the building, aren't there? So it's kind of like... I don't know. It's almost forgivable for me that they use it for the, the smaller stories. They're not... You'd lose that cockpit aesthetic, wouldn't you? If if they did have the world title in there, it just wouldn't make business sense to do it. Um, I don't know. They're in a, just a, a weird position, Rev Pro. Everything seems to be clicking, so I don't think it's alarm bells at the moment. And like I say, they've sold out for Sunday, and the card looks great, and I'm excited to see all of those matches. But yeah, it's going to be interesting how they, they balance uh, all those factors going forward um, and continue putting on these, these big shows where there are a lot of uh, matches I'm interested in for Sunday. I was going to say one of the reasons I think that they that they kind of get away with it, and I always get away with it for me as, as a kind of good. fan that I like. Yeah, because there's really good wrestling on it. <laughs> yeah. You can forgive a lot of stuff with that if you're fundamentally paying to go and watch a wrestling show. Yeah. There are obviously Crazy ones like go. Well, when I, you know, we had com- we've all had conversations between us about mm. if you go deep into the weeds of how do you get the tag belts off Suzuki and Sabre? Do you have to put them on Ishii and Goto as a result of, you know, Goto being over? You know, do you have to. 
maneuver them onto someone else who it's politically acceptable for them to lose to say an Aussie Open. Mm. And that kind of stuff is nightmarish when you start Mm. trying to think about how do you do that. The trade-off we are getting is generally really great matches. Oh, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to complain. That's, yeah. And that's fundamentally it. If we weren't getting good matches, then obviously there'd be absolute hell to pay. And like I said, before you can forgive, you can forgive ills for that. Um, I think in terms of, I, I would say with the women's division, like have a look from how WXW have kind of booked theirs as perhaps a, a route to go down. I'm glad to see Zoe Lucas in the title picture. She is, you know, Rev Pro. Yeah, so she's improved idea, as well. Yeah, really and she improved. has done those regular tours. It, I just at times it's felt like a waste when you see her sit there selling merch. And don't get me wrong, I mean, that's part of, part of her job, but you kind of think, you know, here's someone who is, you know, does so much for the company. In a sense, it's a good base on which to kind of have a lot of the sub part of the division. I going think there's around. a quality um, problem as well, though. Not a problem, but I think it's um, you have to be at this level as a wrestler to get onto this show mm. because I promote people who I think are good wrestlers. And I get it from that perspective. I think the first couple of times I saw Zoe Lucas, I thought, very green, not there yet. So I don't know if it was a, you improve on these smaller mm-hmm. shows, you go and do this, then you can get onto these shows. So I don't know if it's like an apprenticeship and now she's uh, got to that next stage of her apprenticeship and she's now being used regularly as a result of that maybe. I would, I, I can see the point. I think what I would say is is that there's a point where they have to kind of sink or swim mm. and go with someone if they are going to have a women's division. No, I don't they, disagree with they, that. They need someone to kind of go with. And if they can rely on making sure they have Jamie Hayter and Zoe Lucas yeah, on yeah. those dates and a few others. I mean, I, one of the things you'll say, and, and you'll know a lot, you know, if there was any possibility of bringing, I don't know, let's say a Lufisto from WXW just because we were there at the weekend. Most of the Fentatal line of JPU and there's no reason why you couldn't use pretty much yeah. apart from Tony Storm because of the WXW. And Millie McKenzie. Ah, yeah, yeah, there is that. Yeah. Uh, you know, so you, you have to take those two out, out of the mix as well. And then there's, frankly, frank, there's kind of obvious geographic reasons. Well, I mean, Viper, Kaylee Ray. Yes, yeah, I was going to say that's the thing. Sammy Jane is Pay- fit again. She's yeah. very good. I would say you pay the bucks. For, for getting Viper and Sammy Jane, and and also if you can pay the bucks to get her in, Jazzy Gabba, in terms of having like kind of that real star presence as well, mm. there are things that they can do to kind of revitalise and regenerate. I know they've got the Queen of the Ring tournaments, the two day tournament they're doing at the start of January. I'll be fascinated to know what lineups they go with there because I think last time for me I looked I looked at the lineup and it felt quite underwhelming, mm. and I think if they want to put their best foot forward, if they want to take it seriously, and there's going to be complaints when it comes to the free sports show that there are no women's matches on either of those tapings on both nights. But at that point, to show that they, if, if they are going to have a women's division, that it's, elite, it's being taken seriously. Because if it looks like they're not taking it seriously, the kind of adverse press you end up getting for it, you know, it, it's, they're going to, they would regret the idea of it. I think it, it, that press can be made if you want it to be made. Like I, I'll be honest. If there were no women's matches, any Rev Pro card, I wouldn't care less because I'm not into women's wrestling, and the level of women's talent is not as strong as the men's talent. And I think that's another thing. I think with the quality of wrestler that you've got to be to get on a Rev Pro show, uh, I wonder whether the fact that they didn't promote women's wrestling for so long is because maybe they're I don't know 
Wilden or whoever didn't rate the level of talent that did exist in the women's sort of ranks. I suppose at that point, it's said, why have a women's title? Yeah, no, I don't disagree with you. And there are, the level of talent is better than it was, say, two yeah. years ago. I mean, ago. just listed Definitely. a load of names. Then we have people that, okay, yeah, maybe not a, not next level, but, you know, good enough that, that that you could fill a slot on. Not that, you know, you have to do it. Um, that's where that you lose me a little bit. Uh, if anything, I think Agreed. that hurts, doesn't it? You know, in progress, feel, for example, I hate it. I mean, we do pick on progress too much, but a promotion like that who feel like they have to have a women's match, yeah, mm. and then just don't pay it the attention they do for for booking reasons, and it becomes a token match. And you know, just having one women's match in every card, I, I have to say, a positive for progress. There's been times where they just haven't booked a women's match, and they've gotten grief from people, and they've kind of gone, well, there wasn't a reason to have a women's match on this card. The women we wanted were weren't available. Uh, and at that point, you know, we it would be I don't know it would almost be counterproductive just to put a women's match on the show for the yeah, sake of it. Agreed. I'd agree with progress from that point of view. I know that angers some women's wrestling fans, and you'll get like the the likes of the Eve owners doing maths on it and saying however many percent of matches are women's matches on on men's shows. Uh, but that's a reason why it's good that promotions like Eve exist. Uh, I, yeah, I don't like when it goes too far into that getting women on the card for the sake of getting women onto the card. But I do think JP's made an argument there for the being talent there. It's just maybe you have to dig a bit further um, to get it. It's just overall, it's a much, I, again, this is a point I've said a number of times, it's a much smaller kind of talent base because of various historic reasons where there wouldn't have been as many women wrestlers coming. You know, this is, it's still something that is kind of evolving. I always use the boring comparison with women's football for it. It just is going to take a little bit longer. Even with the best will in the world, it's going to take a lot longer to kind of develop the kind of talent where you can have um, a lot of matches on Rev Pro. I'll use Rev Pro as the specific point of Rev Pro shows where they're going to. It's not going to look out of place with everything else. Can I say something quite controversial though? No, it wouldn't be like you, Joe. Come on. <laughs> so if I was a wrestling promoter, right? And I was searching for talent, mm-hmm. and I was having to watch wrestling shows to find talent. I probably just wouldn't book women's wrestling because I just don't enjoy it on the, at the same level. I still think there is a difference fundamentally in the overall quality. Yeah, and there are better women talent out there. We've just said that. Mm. But I wonder if Quilden as the promoter, I don't know, maybe is in the same ballpark and doesn't have the same level of interest in women's wrestling. So for me, I'd be doing it because I felt like I had to do it and I'd be forcing myself to watch stuff because I felt like I should be watching it rather than wanting to watch it. It's like, I'm going to say it, women's football. I'll watch it during like the Olympics or the Women's World Cup and I'm fine with it, but I'm not going to be watching um, as part of my regular football schedule. I'm watching football anyway Mm. Um, and I'm not going to watch the women's football show on the BBC every week. If it's on, I'm in. I've watched it a couple of times Mm. and it's fine. Um, but if I'm not going to seek it out in the same way. And I kind of wonder if, you know, that's the same mindset from the promoter there possibly as well. And I completely get that. And I don't have an issue with it. I think it becomes an issue if you want it to be an issue. Um, mm. and that's your prerogative, I suppose. Mm. I think part of it's kind of how you do it. I mean, I'm, I'll be honest, yeah, I don't watch a huge amount of women's wrestling. I mean, being at WXW at the weekend, you know, I kind of couldn't help but look at it and say what they do kind of 
having the femme fatale show in the afternoon i know you reduce it a little bit by having it in the afternoon but giving it its own show and its own attention kind of works for me and then i would say you know was, was it night one jp where we kicked off with tony storm and miko that yeah. match was as good as well maybe not as good as some of the tags came later but as good as any of the men's singles matches over the weekend um and two wrestlers who i'd have up there maybe you know tony's not quite there yet um but yeah like as you can see the joe i think that the, the talent is better than it's ever been uh, oh yeah but, but i can't uh, can't get mad at you for it not being something you watch because personally yeah i don't i probably don't watch as much as it is of it as some of our listeners uh, or, or jp does well it's free will mm. you watch the things you like you've got a limited amount of time in the day if people don't want to watch things they don't particularly like i mm. don't see them they're not you shouldn't force them to see it because you you kind of want to shame someone into watching something you should be liking this mm. that's just not the case i look at wrestling as like film genres a lot of the time and there are certain genres I don't like. We're going to talk about death matches later on. Mm. That's not my. That's not my thing. I actually now physically struggle to watch them yeah, at that same, point in time. Same. And to a certain degree, what women's wrestling still is is a subgenre within the wider genre of wrestling. Mm. Right or right or wrong, that's kind of how it has been viewed. You look at the Evolution pay per view; it's only that one pay per view oh, that's going to have no. it as an all women's show, which. Is exists because the crown jewel exists. Mm. That, that's why. Well, it's um, as if it's the WWE. It's like the Rosa yeah. Parks moment in the existence of no, no. women in wrestling, <laughs> according to WWE. Well, isn't AJ it? Styles got a promo, didn't he? Where it's like, you know, my daughters oh. can now finally, you know, know they can be anything. It's like, wait, hang on, what? <laughs> because WWE doing a, rest, a women's wrestling show, get lost. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But there's so so at that point, it's still not. It's still viewed as as a male if you if you went to people on the street and asked them casually in terms of wrestling stars it is still going to be dominated by male wrestlers and it's gonna it, we're a long way yeah. from that and i say even further away because wwe have kind of had the chance really to pick up on some potentially very hot feuds but they book like a shower of shit <laughs> so unsurprisingly it dies on its arse oh they're gonna That's go the, Charlotte Flair stuff they do with oh, Becky. I hate the way Rousey's booked. Rousey, well. like, smiling like, Ronda Rousey. Oh, don't, yeah. don't. The makeup they put on Rousey as well. I, I, lo- I love Rousey. I think like, she's great. I was yeah, hugely into that women's division in UFC during the Rousey run. I love Misha Tate as well. Mm. She was awesome. The Rousey home fight was great. Mm. You know, there was so much good stuff there. For me, they've kind of wrecked Rousey already. Yeah. I, might, I don't have an interest in her anymore, really. I don't think it's fully the- ruined her, but they've done enough to kind of damage her in my eyes. I think she's still a star, but yeah, when she comes out onto the stage smiling, it's like, that is literally the opposite of what worked about an MMA. Yes. It was the frown exactly. and the walkout and the star aura that they just don't... They want PR on the, don't they? Which is just... Think, which is what I hate about the whole thing. The press. What PR can we get from this? Yeah. Think of her on The Ultimate Fighter as well and how they built the Rousey tape for you. They've got the fucking horsewomen as a result of The Ultimate Fighter... And look at Baszler. They should have just be. They should have been booking her the way they put Baszler in NXT, if you ask me. Yeah. But we've gone off on another ten. <laughs> but yeah, okay. sorry. Yeah, just, so just to bring it back, I mean, if they are, if you are going to do women's shows, I mean, the, the, I think the reality is, I mean, if you're doing that, if Rev Pro are going to do them, like I said, doing the your core ones, I think they're just going to have to pay for some bigger stars. If they were going to have Zoe Lucas on a your core show, have her against the Kaylee Ray. Have Jamie Hayter against a Viper. If you're gonna, if you're gonna want to build them up and have them get better, better then they are gonna have yeah. to be wrestling better wrestlers, and that means paying, paying a bit more money. And if he doesn't want to do it, 
then obviously he doesn't he doesn't have to at all. It's it. That's Nico kind basically of, lives here now. Use it. I don't think often. there's a huge first from the a lot of the Rev Pro audience for a women's division, That's... like a real thrive of women's mm. division. If I'm honest, like when you they've had women's matches at York Hall, not only many, but there's not been like a great level of interest and it's often been used as a piss break match is let's be honest in the egg though because if they could put something on yeah. great you know just using Who knows? arguments yeah, it, 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 yeah it, it, it swings and roundabouts with this and it's all kind of so subjective in the extreme that it's really impossible to kind of like hit yeah. any kind of certainty until something actually happens or mm. doesn't happen yeah. well schrodinger's wrestling situation <laughs> look i resolved it our way to i'll close it in saying you know what i'd probably just as a wrestling podcaster slash journalist, I'd watch Pro Wrestling Eve all the time if it wasn't run by a couple of wankers who take yeah, the VOD yeah. up. That's the problem for me. But I'd be more tempted to give them a go if it yeah. wasn't run by them. That's, yeah, yeah a, a self-contained roster with the best women in the country does interest me on some level, but the problem is it's Eve. But yeah, maybe I should give them more time than I do. But Although we... I would say the times I've been, I've, I've enjoyed them. There you go. There you go. JP, British wrestling uh, women's co- correspondent. There he is. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we've gone wild off on a tangent. I mean, before yes. we move on to the main segment of the show, any other thoughts on, on Global Wars, on matches you're looking forward to there? Um, Star and Kashida is one that I'm looking forward to seeing. That's at least that's something they built up throughout the J Cup. There's a there's a bit of a story there. The main event goes without saying. I'm into uh, Kojima. Mark Davis is an odd one as well. Yeah, that sounds good. I, I like the sound. Of, I like. I love these uh, New Japan vets mm. against this younger talent well i was gonna say european talent talent based in europe like nagata walter say nagata trent seven. Oh, that it's was awesome loved yeah that. yeah like really good match there i think on paper mm. i could do without romero fantasmo i've seen enough rocky romero oh, singles too. matches I've this year. Oh, that God, theme. that theme's Rapungi 3K, 3K, 3K. Rapungi 3000 is on the way. We got an outro again. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) I would say from top to bottom, it looks like a really solid card. That looks great. Yeah, there's stuff on here. I mean, it's higher ticket price for this. It's going to be a smaller venue. I imagine it's going to be around the 500. 700. 700 for this one. But, I mean, again, it's it's kind of like I said about boutique wrestling. Get to see Ishii Suzuki built up on King of Pro Wrestling. Mm. Um, which, you know, again, one of the criticisms of being about, like, well, what are New Japan doing with the world, with the belts? I mean, they put it on a pretty bloody big show and made mm. it. Yeah, I get the complaints. I do, yeah. We're getting this. Like, I'm yeah. well up for a bit of yeah. Ishii Suzuki in front of 700 people in Brixton. If they were, Stop, yes, if, please. If, if they were Stop doing it and we were getting... Yeah. Sorry, sorry, no, say that again. No, I was just going to say to Joe's point, you know, if they were doing it and we were getting, you know, Nakajima or you know, one of the one yeah. of the New Japan heavyweights who can't go, then Nakanishi. that's complaint time. Yeah, sorry, sorry, Nakanishi. Or someone like, if it was something where there was, I don't know, Desperado was main event in Rev Pro shows. <laughs> <laughs> that's when you could complain, couldn't you? Because that's kind of the the equivalent of uh, progress getting Joe Connors. Um, oh, whereas yeah. here, you get maybe you're not getting the tippy top stars all the time, but you're getting something interesting enough, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. Like yeah. I think of some of the shameful shit I've done in Brixton before, and then round the corner from that shameful shit, I'm going to be able to see Minoru Suzuki and Tomohiro Ishii. Like, <laughs> yeah. That, that's that's great. That's great. I, I, was, I love Brixton. Dave, David Star Kashida now has kind of different stakes to it because of the um, but the Kashida um, won that, which 
I won't lie, given that we've had a conversation tonight about where title belts go, hmm. and it looked like it was obviously building to Star getting a win back, and I'm there thinking, is that going to be actually possible? Hmm. Perhaps it's Star's way into New Japan. I don't I'd know. be well up for I that. Know. I mean, it'd be a, uh, it'd be fascinating. But hmm. yeah, um, I'm intrigued by that match as well. I mean, yeah, the whole way you go through. I mean, Ring Camp versus Lij is if if nothing else I've seen a lot of ring camp matches and a Walter match as well in that time and I'm not bored of them still so I'm well up for he looks just a very strong strong card I think Evil and Sonada have reigned it in when they've been over before so yeah. I'm hoping they give a bit more this time yeah like, perhaps Evil's got his Jericho match to hold back for yeah well I suppose uh, I, I'm not making the trip for this one so I am I am jealous but I should count more blessings I'm going to be going to TNT Extreme Wrestling instead We've got uh, Will Ospreay against the, Will Ospreay El Fantasma was a match. And When's this? This is the Thursday after. Uh, okay. And and Helico's got a match with Jordan Devlin. They might not sound like big matches, but with TNT Extreme Wrestling, it, they, they run in Liverpool. There's always a danger they're going to book. Like they'll say, "Oh, we got Will Ospreay," and then they'll put him against Bram or Joe Connors or the Regulator. <laughs> um, so I should just be glad that I'm getting that. Uh, they're still booking dudes like the Page. Um, on their shows um, but I can't see any Bram or Connors announce this one so I'm kind of tempted so yeah you guys get to enjoy all that Global War stuff but I've got a couple of uh, solid matches happening in Liverpool too unless they unless they can't resist sort of restraining their inner ICW booking and getting getting Bram on there oh yeah. I, I could see him doing a run in it, it wouldn't be a TNT show without someone I really don't want to see turning up on that show but <laughs> right, uh, I think that pretty much uh, sums it up for our, uh, I don't know, our rambling, what we've been watching yeah. style segment we've been doing. Uh, anything else before we move on? Let's get on to Wembley. No, not again. <laughs> not <laughs> well, again. We haven't got a lovely JP audio clip this time, but yeah, let's uh, let's talk some Wembley. Uh, I think the burning question that everyone's going to be asking, I mean, it's been a little while since the show now, and... Strangely, it's actually taken us five to seven days since the VOD went up to uh, to get this show out. So, That's appalling and inexcusable. Exactly. There's no excuse for it in this day and age, isn't there, JP? You know, <laughs> WXW get the shows up in three days. RevPro get them up in a day. What's going well, on? There, there are some podcast networks. They've just got a group of people being able to do it, and they're investing back <laughs> got a team. in the podcast, but we're not. Yeah, <laughs> We're just three mates, you know? There's only yeah. so much we can do. <laughs> I've got a lull on, and I want people to stop fucking hassling me about it. All right, I'll tell him when when it when it's up when it's up. You should do like a passive aggressive pin tweet, JP, and put it at the top of your timeline. I think that would chase oh. everyone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I think the burning question is: uh, we talked in our last show. Uh, how much would it cost uh, to get Joe in the building? Joe, you ended up going. Uh, what did you pay for your ticket? <laughs> Twenty-four pound. Oof. Still Jet- cheaper than cheaper than the forty five to get in a uh, full price. What yeah, tempted yeah. you last minute? Um, can I be completely honest? Go on. Oh, time <laughs> and where I was going to find like four and a half spare hours to watch this the on VOD. VOD, and I thought <laughs> I'm probably going to enjoy it more live than I am watching it back. So, I thought, God, this sounds so bad, doesn't it? But I thought, <laughs> I got to Wembley and like I also bought a new car the day mm. before and thought oh, I can drive it to London and give it a give it a decent spin. Mm. Um, so I drove to Wembley. It took me like <laughs> fifty minutes, forty five minutes to drive to oh, Wembley. Like it's not that. far at all. 
um, from where I am. So I just thought, oh, God, that it saves me some time later on as well. And I, I don't regret the decision. Twenty twenty four pound was more than I wanted to pay. Yeah. Um, my mm. girlfriend did criticise me a bit because I told her I was spending no more than obviously what I stated on the last podcast. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was worth t- t- time in this like at this stage of my life is worth more to me than money is. Mm. I know that sounds ridiculous. Well, I kind of worked out for me. I mean, with me, it was like I'd already booked the train ages ago, and then I'd just never gotten a ticket. And I was thinking maybe I won't go. And then I actually think I'm too cheap to have spent that train money and not yeah. spend the extra on a ticket. Uh, I, I, I mean, I think I was always going to end up going. I'm a closet progress fan, really. Uh, there were matches I was interested in seeing. Those matches didn't quite pan out on the day, but the other stuff was great. Um, well, some of the other stuff was great. So I- I'm glad I went as well. I paid 25 for my ticket. Friend of the show, Phil Mansell, messaged me. I had a ticket going for £25 on the floor. It was third row, but it was like a diagonal third row. Uh, but still, really good view. Couldn't turn it down, really. Uh, went for it. And yeah, I'm glad I went. Uh, were you jealous at all, JP? Sad you didn't go? Well, I couldn't go because my... One of my kids isn't old enough. Mm. I could have tried to sneak him in, and I thought, "Now Wembley Arena will be bastards, won't they?" Mm. No, they were right to be. Um, some of the security. So I um, was right at the back, mm. and I wanted to stand up. Mm-hmm. And I basically, you know, I injured my knee playing football yeah. a couple of, like, a year and a half ago. Um, my knee was really hurting that day, and I thought to myself, you know, what, I'm just going to use it as an excuse. And the security were like, "Yeah, no worries, no worries." And just let me sort of stand at the back, which was all right. Oh, and okay. then I bumped into Andy Ogden um, and Jeff. Uh, the intermission, there was a free seat next to him, so I went and sat up with him in the second half. I did an amazing view i gotta say okay um so i was really happy with the view i got of, mm. of the show overall a really good perspective on it watched it from two different angles as well so i got to sort of take it in from a slightly different perspective mm. which was really cool actually mm. yeah it was, it was kind of i mean i was on the floor so it was kind of hard to take in i mean they did we talked about the numbers they did four thousand seven hundred and fifty people that's got to be commended. I didn't think they yeah. had past 4,000. It was hard to kind of tell on the floor, you know, with the, the top bits kind of topped off. Uh, not quite five-star levels, but just the top section. And being on the floor, it was hard. To, it didn't feel real almost. I mean, how did it, it look from the back? Um, it is impressive. And the setup was good as well. I remember that was something you messaged me on my way in. I thought you were impressed with the setup, Joe. Yeah, no, I was. It did look pretty good, I thought, overall. Um, when I was in the building, I quite liked it. Slightly surreal seeing Jim Smallman do his usual shtick in Wembley Arena in front of <laughs> almost so 5,000 people. <laughs> I'm sick of that shtick, I know too. we get the... Refer- the, the, the um... I don't know, the reputation is the anti-progress guys, but I'm so sick of that stuff. I got, VOD, I do not watch it. In person, that was probably the first time I've watched it now in months and months and months. Yeah, it needs, and I think this is a, a, a symptom of the whole promotion, it needs freshening up. It's mm. very stale. It's very much the same. As they've grown, they've not made that many changes mm. and they've not grown the product as the company has grown let's just say i think one of the things for me from this show and i'm going to jump into production values i was looking around thinking right they've got two guys like using like cameras on the floor again as they usually do and they've got a hard cam Mm. like for this level of show this level of production is not good enough like you need to Mm. invest more 
in production and maybe hire um, and outsource some production for a show of this stature at Wembley Arena. And it's a show that's more or less shot the same as any regular progress show. And I just thought that to me showed how kind of cheap mm. <laughs> to, to some level they are. £100,000 profit, you know. Yeah, yeah. when you got under grand, <laughs> you know, from 2017, oh. throw it in, put I, some in the product, make this look better. And I it, watched a bit of the VOD back and I, yeah, I kind of, I mean, I would I would question, you know, there isn't a British company whose production's any good for my money. Uh, maybe Defiant. Uh, I don't think anyone's got good production, but... But when WXW right, can, you know, yeah. <laughs> produce at that level, it Get shows... Some of the Germans over. Yeah, and they've got a relationship with WXW as well. And Ilya Jacoby was on the show as well. Like, mm. yeah, had people visit them before as well. I mean, one of the things that should be being discussed is the production. Obviously, I got to see the whole thing on the VOD. Yeah, what, what did you make of it on the VOD, Jay? Because I did think, I mean, live the staging and everything was great. And it looked great. And then I watched yeah, yeah, yeah. Walter Tyler on the VOD. I had to watch it on the VOD. I'll get into that in a minute. Um, but it just looked a bit grainy and a bit shit, to be honest. Uh, and I was surprised for it being Wembley. I thought, actually, the thing that they did get, and this is a really important thing for them to get on the camera work, is the crowd depth. Gave you an idea of how many people were there. It could, it could, have, been lit, it could have been lit better. And I think that's partly because mainly they didn't want the tarp, tarp to be as visible mm. as, as what it was. Mm. So, for me, they could have had the lights up a little bit more, mm. and that would have given you a bit more of the crowd depth that was there. But you did get to see it, and that was, and that was something. And it did yeah. look impressive as a result. So it looked like a major show. Um, I thought they might have done like a kind of maybe a video package at the start, something and maybe might try and almost make it resemble like a pay-per-view, something like that. But there wasn't any of those types of things that happened. Did they, was... they have the live band on there? No, oh, the Battle I'm Royal so or the live band weren't, weren't there. They, oh, really? They, they th- it just starts off with Jim Smallman's preamble. Yeah, he didn't have time, did he? It yeah. was like a million. How long was the VODJP all in all? Uh, it's about four and a half hours. Mm. God, I'm glad I paid that 24 quid now. <laughs> um, and it was it was fine. I, I mean, I got to watch it a day when I wasn't working. So mm. today, so I was able to kind of like rest up. And I'd already seen a lot of wrestling going on for the week. So I wanted to give myself a couple of days break. Mm. Um, there were things, I mean, the, the thing that Joe says about the two cameras set up at ringside, uh, the, the issue for, that you have around that is, is that really at this point, some kind of steady cams would be essential. Something that at least... It gets very jerky at points. Yeah, There's hate, a massive dive from Flamita in the Thunder Bastard match where he gets pressed over and it's kind of completely missed because he goes out of shot and just lands because mm. of where they're filming at the time. And this ties in with perhaps a thing that I would say about perhaps this should be live um, edited as it goes through. Because yeah. it appears to me there's the camera angles and then they're editing from that rather than it being directed and I think it really could benefit from being directed at this point from somebody backstage. Now, obviously that's, you know, this would be just in case of Wembley, if they were going to go to that kind of expense, it'd be a difficult thing to logistically set up at the ballroom. Sure. But that might be, if you're going to do big yeah. shows and you want to make them look special, I think that's what they're going to do. And we, we've talked about other companies not doing it. I'm having seen the setup in front of 400 people that free sports had for Rev Pride. I know that's a television product, a television production company. And you see what's there. I'm going to be fascinated. That's going to be the first comparison point. Is kind mm. of how how that looks with a crowd that's kind of all is going to be manipulated to look bigger than what it is compared to a show where you've got four thousand seven hundred and fifty people, but you can see some of it, 
and other parts it's yeah there's you know it goes out of focus and some shots yeah i hate that so much it looks so unprofessional i think it may sound nitpicky what no but, what it, saying, it, but matters. it matters if you're running wembley arena yeah. at that point we've kind of moved out of the realm of independent wrestling i think you can argue that there's a lack of respect for a show that they're promoting of this size by not actually investing in that production, especially when, you know, it's public knowledge that a hundred grand in profit, mm. you know, was earned in 2017. I just think to myself, like, come should on guys. Should like, one man in his bedroom be the production operation for this? No, not mm. at this point. Um, for this sort of show, there's a lack of respect for the venue they're running in and the stature of the show and the fans they're catering to when they're producing at that indie level still and using, you know, loyalty and a traditional way we do things well, as an excuse. But you can still keep some of that production. I mean, in some cases, it's about improving literally the camera work that's there. Sorry, improving the equipment that's there for it. And you were saying earlier on, well, I think, a crane. Yeah, but yeah, a, cu- a crane at least. And I also think the live edit and the vi- like having yeah. a vision mixer there and a director, because these shows aren't necessarily, I don't know what the direction is of the shows. I don't know if there's a director there, but there's not someone live editing the shows necessarily. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if a director was working with a live editor in the situation, mm-hmm. it would just make the shows, it would be out quicker, number one. And I think we'd just get a more professional approach overall if there was that little bit more investment. On a sort of continuing note about the production, would you two feel as well that if it was, that if they had spent these kind of values for, for Wembley, and it's, I'm not saying that, you know, I didn't enjoy, that it didn't like ruin the show or anything like else like that for me, but... Would it be easy for them to get on the network, frankly? I think they'll get on the network either way. I think well, all yeah, DCW think... with the worst production value you could ever talk of is on the network. Um, yeah. I, I don't think there's a worry from that point of view. I don't think that's the hold-up. I think the hold-up's just Vince making a decision, isn't it? Yeah, like, I don't think Vince has been watching Body Guy Roy Johnson versus <laughs> Pastor <laughs> William Triple H said in an interview this week, Vince has never seen an episode of NXT. So that says everything. What the fuck? He's a billionaire for a reason. Why is he running the fucking place? <laughs> He's busy doing billionaire stuff. Come on. You've seen Succession. Oh. There's, there's other jobs to do. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, um, it's interesting because we're talking about, you know, not adding that that, hun- that hundred grand that's there mm. and then not putting that into the production of this show, right? Uh, did you see Jim Smallman's excuse about them not running WrestleMania weekend? Um, it was something about the the custom, wasn't it, of um, hotels the and stuff like that? The cost of hotels? Well, we don't like, know what that money's tied up in, do we? I mean, we got that. That's black and white information we've got off the books. Yeah, on our uh, last uh, show. No, we, don't, no. we don't know the ins and outs, do we? But come on, that's bollocks. Like that's such a shite excuse at this point in time. But why like, would I'm you do s- it if it's not gonna if it's not gonna make you any profit? Why would you go out there? I think it. I think too many don't promotions go out there. You, but that excuse about hotel costs, mm. like. Come on, you think about the amount of talent they share over those weekends as well. Oh, that's a problem, How many hotel costs are they actually going to be paying for when it comes down to it? And WXW are going out there, Rev Pro are going out there. Like, that's such a weak BDT excuse. Yeah, it's such a weak excuse. Like, how can anyone, I don't know, buy that excuse at this point in time when they're the biggest independent company in the world right now, let's face it, mm. if they're an independent? Yeah, I don't yeah. think it's a huge loss, though, either. I don't think the WrestleMania weekend shows are that 
interest and maybe the way i think to create new fans um yeah maybe... i don't disagree but i just find the excuse like i yeah. just thought it is a bit I odd. read it and was like what really like is anyone gonna buy that crap mm. do you think it's something more to do with it's probably i think part NXT of that exclusive yeah. uh, uh, sorry access exclusive you that's that what happening? it will be and <laughs> i can see nxt uk and maybe some sort of progress crossover and there'll yeah. be access exclusive over that weekend that's yeah. what it will come down probably to probably does tie together because in the past, haven't they? They've gone over and done shows, but the, the reason RevPro and being able to use their guys is because it's WWE paying to get them over. Maybe WWE have said we're not paying to bring the guys over unless it's on our time, essentially. Maybe it's something like that. Pure speculation, but it is odd. It is weird. Yeah, I, I will I, I will grant that. I was going to say it seems weird when there's been kind of real steps about running the US. A Hammerstein ballroom um, for that weekend as well. That would have been kind of ideal wouldn't it yeah that? that's expensive really close... again though isn't it that's like that's not a cheap building to run yeah mm. that's true i mean but yeah just with this um the fact that they they've made you know did the coast to coast tour and they, they've run these u.s dates and they were they they seemed hot you know to get hotter crowds there than what any u.s indies do over in the u.s it does seem a bit odd that you're going to kind of pull back at the time of year when you've got the most amount of hardcore fans there. Mm. To me, that does seem unusual, unless it is going to be something like access, exclu- access exclusive. Yeah, you'd think they'd come out and say, wouldn't you? But maybe they can't. Um... Well, you know, I think anything, and, and we saw this at WXW, it's like any kind of dealings with WWE on any level have to be done in sort of absolute secrecy. Cloak and dagger. It really has to be cloak and data. No one's allowed to talk about it. So if you have contact, no, I can't talk about this. It's like, you know, it's, it's the nature of the game because it's how they want to do it. And there's, you know, whether or not we think that they should be doing it, it's kind of neither here nor there because it's just like that's the reality of the situation. Mm, yeah, that's it. Um, also, hotel costs as well. Like, yeah, in Manhattan, hotels are fucking expensive. Yeah. If you're staying out by, like, the airport or you're staying in, I don't know, Queens, like... Jersey? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like they're not like super super pricey at all. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, I've stayed in motels in New Jersey before when I've made trips. I mean, it's a bit rough, but you get the whole progress roster in there for cheap enough. Yeah, you can. <laughs> yeah, uh, we should probably go back to this show then. I mean, as a show itself, how do we all feel? I mean, JP, you watched it on VOD. Me and Joe were in the building. We should probably start with Walter and Tyler Bate. This is a show I watched on VOD, uh, the match I watched on VOD. I made the trip down on the day, I had a good day out, met Will Cooling on the way down. We uh, got got to the show, got there just as the Battle Royal was kind of in the ring. Um, but yeah, as the show went on and on and on, it became very clear I wasn't going to make that ba- last train back up north if I didn't miss the main event. I think they'd said they were going to finish for half eight. It was half eight in the, the main event. They hadn't even started the uh, the pre the pre videos yet. Not that they were uh, they were up to much. Uh, but yeah, myself and a lot of the Northerners were were leaving at that point. Fair place of progress. We're putting the match on the VOD. Mm. I've watched it since, Joe. I mean, I I couldn't have been more jealous traveling back on the tube, getting messages from you saying how good the main event was and how high you were on it. Um, Walter and Tyler Bate, uh, what did you both both make of it? Uh, live, I think it was maybe the best match in progress history. Um, for me, it would be up there with Riddle Osprey and Osprey Havoc, the, the match where Osprey beat him for the belt. Uh, this was absolutely amazing. Wow. And it really did feel like a big show main event. Like, I, I think I really underestimated Tyler Bate 
before going in. I'm a big fan of his. I think I underestimated just how good he is and just how effective he was going to be going into this match because mm. he was incredible. I can't think of many wrestlers who are mm. 21 and at 21 have had a match of this quality. Obviously, he had the Pete Dunne match in NXT last year, the takeover, which was amazing as well he stepped it up even since then as well like Mm. how many 21 year olds have been this good like it's scary how good he is and he was so fucking good in this match and absolutely like you know deserved to be in that position from a match where there wasn't really a story going in really it worked it clicked it felt like a a major event um, and I'm so glad it worked because this event deserved this type of match. Um, it was a banner match and it was a great dynamic that the two guys had as well. Um, yeah, it was fucking awesome. Yeah, I kind of say, watching it back on the video, I knew the rep going in. But even when Walter came out, sorry, when uh, Walter came out and when Tyler came out mainly, when Tyler came out and he's still, the whole big strong boy stuff as we talked on our last show just doesn't hit with me. It's a meme. It's not a character. Mm. I made the mistake of watching the pre-match video again where he's talking about (laughs) in his back garden, as we said last week, talking about not being Conor McGregor. Comes out in his what looks like his dad's robe as well. I thought five sizes too big for him. Part of me thinks with Tyler B, I don't think he knows who he is. That's where the piece of the jigsaw is missing for me with him. I don't think he's got a great sense of self when he's not just copying trends. Mm. Um, but in this match, like I had some misgivings as he came out. But then you're right, yeah, Joe. I, it, maybe completely forget it. I, I've not seen. I suppose Devil, the Devil and Walter match is the best comparison as far as like an underdog versus the big bad. And Walter and Tyler was, you know, every bit is up there with Tyler, with uh, with Devil. And even if I didn't think the match was quite as good as that, um, as an underdog and as someone fighting back, um, I'm, I'm working as well to his strength as well. He was selling it on the early early stages, and he saved all the big strong. Um, big strong oh, yeah. Tyler yeah. stuff to later on, didn't he? You know the the deadlift German. Like the the pop from the crowd when he finally hit that thing, uh, the, the the pop when he finally got Walter up for the airplane spin and got him on his shoulders and then afterwards fell out of the ring and then came that that little yeah. I love that little attention detail that split second where it cost him a little bit of momentum and it ended up going against him. Uh, just those little little points. I think Tyler is so accomplished in ring at playing that role and being that underdog babyface and getting the crowd behind him. You could hear the people stomping on the ground. It was an atmosphere I just, I was so sad I wasn't a part of. Uh, but it did sound uh, absolutely amazing just uh, watching it back on the VOD as uh, as you did, JP. Yeah, I'm in complete agreement. Um, in fact, a couple of other points. I'm looking at my notes compared to what you guys are saying. It's like, yeah, I've written out, occasionally we forget how good Tyler Bate is and how good he will be. Yeah. Um, to bring to ring on to the point about saying, like in terms of the character, not knowing where he is. I suppose I just think he's twenty. Did we know where we were when we were twenty-one? True. In terms okay. of the kind of people that we are, um, and I suppose to a degree, he's growing up in front of us. Mm. So it, it's it's he's going to go through phases of, of things like this. And like you say as well, the similarities with with Devlin Walter. It felt like mm. Devlin Walter just without that promo package at the start. That Pretty Devlin much the Walter same finish. It was. It was structured very much the same way, and it was structured in a way that gets the best out of Walter. Yeah. And is is that know, okay in a, in an era where we can all watch VOD? Did that bother you at all? Them doing the same? Not at all. No, not at all. Not, not when it's this good. Mm. 
it works. It works. <laughs> if I was Walter, I'd, in this setting in front of almost 5,000 people, I'd bring my A-game and that's the A-game, isn't it? Yeah, he does. And there's, it's just the the kind of, the way that, that um, he works in those David versus Goliath match is he doesn't allow there to be any dead time. There's always elements where he's capitalising on things. We were talking about this earlier where there are rest holes that are being put on. Oh. And then as soon as Tyler, you think Tyler's out of it, he does something else that adapts it, particularly towards the end. Yeah. And then, you know, he'll wear you down with that sleeper and the choke holes and then getting you down to the point where, you know, when the finish happens, it's just, it makes sense within the context of, yeah. of the match entirely. And like you said, the you know, Walter loves logic and common sense. And yeah. it's just filled with well, it as yeah. a wrestling Even- match. For Walter, I mean, that was one of my big notes was, you know, what you say, Walter loves logic and common sense. You don't get Walter going to the top rope often, but in this match, oh, when yes. Tyler Bate is kind of making his comeback and starting to make Walter worry, he gets desperate, doesn't he? And he goes to the top rope, works one time, fails the second time. There was layers of logic and storytelling here, wasn't there? But also buys into the occasion as well. Mm. Uh, it's reminded me of Brock Lesnar. I said to Andy Ogden when he went to the next when he went to the top row, it's just Lesnar at WrestleMania 19. But it gives it that sense of occasion and that sense of importance that he is doing that as well. Mm. And it tells you, you know, how big he is treating this occasion mm. when he's willing to do that as mm. well. Um, and Walt was a massive fan of All Japan. You think of the big premier All Japan matches in the 90s where we only got certain moves hit in certain matches at certain times based on the occasion of the match as well. Felt a little bit like that to me. He's not hitting the Steiner screwdriver in every match, but when he hits that Steiner screwdriver, end game, yeah. that's it. You know, it's like his Burning Hammer or his Tiger Driver 91. Yeah. And I'm all for that. Like, I know you're saying about, is it a problem? Um, him working kind of the same match, the Devlin match. Formula's fine, yeah. um, if you ask me, especially when it works so effectively and you're getting such a quality match out of it as well. Mm. And Tyler's a similar opponent to Devlin in many ways, I suppose. I think Devlin was a little bit more over because he was the home sound hero in the OTT match. And I just think the Irish fans are the best fans anyway. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> so I had that going for it. Um, so, yeah, it was just, it was different, different level this. Um Little things to go back to the rest hold, like you were saying. Every move mattered. Like rest holds, I'm so I associate with like I don't know Randy Orton in 2004, <laughs> current Baron Corbin. Just couldn't run that rest hold on, kid. Hold that rest hold, kid. <laughs> Take him a rest hold, kid. Uh, like just go away. Mm. Whereas these rest holds worked. Mm. They were there for a reason. The way Tyler Bate was trying to fight out the rest hole, but the way it was affected him as well. Mm. Little touches that they had, subtle touches. Everything mattered in this match. Mm. And that was kind of the beauty of it. And the little teases of Tyler's big offense, those big moves, oh. that then happened later in the match, yeah. helped build anticipation yeah, yeah, and sympathy as well, that he's almost there, but he's not quite there. And mm. then he gets there. It was uh, cl- one of the most perfect progress matches I've ever seen. Yeah. That's the story, isn't it? That the tile is almost there, but not quite there. And that's the story yeah. they told. That's the story in real life, I think. And that's the story they told yeah. in the ring. Uh, and I was yeah. scared they were going to put Tyler over. I really thought going in, that's what they were going to do. But they didn't. And it was, you know what? As much as I hated the non-build for it, and as much as I hated the promos, I've got to concede as well, the progress crowd bought him in that role. We probably should have known that going in. I think yeah. there's, a, there's a... I mean, I was watching it thinking... 
any other show that drew 5,000 people, you go, well, this is the match that drew it. That wasn't the match that drew the 5,000 people. The 5,000 people went because it was progress. And I think because of that, you get a lot of goodwill and people are willing to be up for someone like Tyler. But they did believe in Tyler and there is something there in that setting with him which with maybe better builds which they were hamstrung what by because of you know injuries etc with tyler maybe they could go with tyler just not right now yeah it's the beginning of something it's not the yes. destination and mm. it started here and that's fine mm. um and it was almost like a not a, i was gonna say a launching pad he's established but it's that launching pad to the next level to sort of superstardom and the anticipation towards him winning that belt, if anything. It's, it's actually the launching of a proper story for him. Yeah. Because the big strong yeah, boy yeah. stuff never felt like story. It was just no. like it was something he was doing yeah. while British while he was doing stuff with Trent. And he kind of existed because of that. Mm. But like you say, it's going to be kicking off some really good stories that as the, the old wrestling saying going, the money's in the chase. And in this case, the money really is in the chase. Building up to to Walter versus Bait too. Um, yeah, I'd want to be there for the yeah. second match as well. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. I mean, because on the watching it on the VOD, this was the match. Even though I imagine there were lots of people leaving, like sort of a points during this match, this felt for me the hottest the crowd were. That was when it was like the first because I could hear pockets of chanting and stuff going on 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 the VOD. Mm. Felt the first time that you would hear a kind of unified, really big "This is Progress" chant, mm. and people had gotten into the match entirely. And yeah. the fact. I love I love for main events now as just being just a thing of having your corner men. Mm. Oh, the people yeah, there. Yeah, they're yeah. not going to interfere. They obviously they do it in in New Japan all the time and, and and through time sort of immemorial in Japanese wrestling. But the fact that we saw it with Devlin and Walter having Star and Thatcher in the corner, you got Thatcher here, and you know they're not going to interfere, but they're there to kind of g up the crowd, and you could see Trent Seven kind of really getting animated as well. It was. Everything about this just felt completely spot on. And if you love Devlin Walter, you'll love this. Yeah, and Trent Seven's a man who's prone to a laugh. But he was great for the match. Yeah. There were bits you wouldn't have seen in the VOD, because I did watch just this match back, so it was up three, and I wanted to check out the production. Yeah, you could just and kind of see him in the background every see. now and then, yeah. Uh, I like yeah. they did the corner man thing. That was definitely straight out of OTT, as JP just said. Yeah, absolutely. Or Young Bucks as well, mm. sort of New Japan uh, with Omega. Mm. Uh, but there was stuff that Trent and Pete were doing live that you wouldn't see on the VOD that really added to the importance of the match as well and mm. helped with that sense of occasion, I think. So just just a great match. One of the things I loved about Walter as well is he his offense got more brutal as he oh, got frustrated yeah. that he couldn't put him away. Oh, those John Wood little... drop kicks, man. He oh, took yeah. his head off, didn't oh. he, on a couple of them? Just little touches like that that work so effectively. Like it's weird because we always talk about Osprey and how good he's gotten so quickly. Mm. Tyler Bates better than what Osprey was at twenty-one. I know Osprey, you know, started wrestling later than Tyler Bates, mm. but it's scary how good Tyler Bates could be if he carries mm. along, uh, carries on, you know, along the same path. Mm. And did Osprey know he was three, four years ago, two years ago even? Yeah, he's definitely more confident in himself now, isn't he? And I think yeah. I don't yeah. think Tyler lacks confidence. It's just yet, yeah, it's more that who am I kind of question. But yeah, yeah, I, actually, think, oh, go yeah, he will. Yeah, bar sort of disaster. I mean, he will do when he finds himself. He's going to be incredibly special. And by mm. that time, you hope that there isn't some fool running WWE who will look at his height and then just 
go, well, obviously not. Or his moustache and Super Mario yeah. gimmick or something. And was, exactly. <laughs> and, and, that's, and that's the thing. If he's allowed the space to be able to find himself, he, you know, him and Dunn will have a feud for the ages. Definitely. I, I kind of, yeah, I thought Tyler was great. As Joe said, I thought Walter was great. Um, oh, news item we got, didn't we, JP, on our travels from an anonymous source that apparently Jim Cornette saw uh, Walter Devlin and absolutely loves Walter now. That doesn't surprise me. That's an indie wrestler for Jim Cornette, isn't it? Um, yeah. <laughs> and this match oh, is kind God, of yeah. echoing in my brain as well. That's definitely a, a Jim Cornette-style indie wrestler. But yeah, despite the build, despite my lack of interest going in, I wouldn't put it quite near the Devlin match. I'd probably go a star less, maybe three half a star less. Wow, that much? Yeah, I think watching on VOD, I don't think I, I was swept up in it as much as maybe okay. we were live. But I mean, that that's no slight. I'd go five on, on Devlin Walter. Um, this I might mm. go for or 4.25 or something like that plug for the grapple app there when it's up there I'll uh, I'll put that rating <laughs> in always got to throw that in for our mate Gareth um, oh, yeah. but I mean I that's no slight I'd still say 4.75 oh there we go yeah, yeah. how about yeah. you JP I don't do star ratings I don't believe in them it's the <laughs> sorry Gareth <laughs> not even for films no I don't I, no I, no because I, I track every film I watch on yeah, IMDb Oh, okay. And I'm going to do it with the grapple app as well. Yeah, let's share our oh, ratings. Joe. Back on IMDb and go. I'll do it with Gareth from the grapple app. I'll yeah, try yeah. and break this. But <laughs> I'm actually generally, I, I kind of just view stars as a guide. But ultimately, again, boring with the film comparison. I just look at the whole thing as being sort of so subjective hmm. in terms of what is best or worst. It, it kind of depends on a whole series of factors. I'd say on the VO, but saying this on the VOD for me, it completely clicked. This is a match. I don't know about you guys. I have got Walter at the minute as my wrestler of the year certainly like european, european yeah. Wrestler of the year. oh god yeah if you look at uh, like top 10 matches of the year walter's going to be like six of mine it's just oh yeah. uh, for my european matches he's yeah. in like oh, the top 10 i think it's <laughs> yeah. just dominated by walter oh he's just so good and uh, yeah i think progressive kind of uh, i don't know lack of other options or what they've gone with him as well champion uh, and it's working uh he wouldn't have i wouldn't have guessed this time last year when you said what the wembley main event was i probably wouldn't have guessed walter would be in it i'm glad he is though um and yeah i'd just keep the belt on him forever if i was then but i guess that depends on uh, what's next for him um, well i hope walter gets booked in tag league with thatcher that'd be great go. i'd enjoy that uh, any thoughts on let's go through the some of the rest of the card then uh I suppose we should talk the TLC match. This is the Joe was right folder. I was still excited for it. It got me in the building. I love the feud. I, I, I accepted the delay. I even was willing to accept the TLC step. It didn't work live in the building at all, did it? Uh, it just... It couldn't have gone worse for them, two of them. And you could tell they were putting the work in as well. And they put the work in for this story. And I just mm. felt so bad for them that this was what we got. They made one, I think they made one fatal mistake, which was after the first table. For me, I was because knowing what happened, I just turn it into a ladder match. At that point, just turn it into that. Mm. But they kept on getting the tables out and it just made the situation worse. And it, and it was just fucked. It was a bad six to start though, wasn't it? Because they spend all the time setting up those tables. And then for them, like you say, for them not to Did break as well. They actually check the tables, though. They moved oh. them out and, and, and set them up. Did anybody think, hang on a minute, these aren't swords. I saw them straight away and thought, oh, those tables aren't going to break. If <laughs> they look like merch tables, stand. didn't they, from the merch stand? Yeah, yeah. You've got, all these, you've got all these young trainee wrestlers. Like You would think you might test out a couple of tables in advance to kind of see if you're getting them correctly done. Mm. I know this is kind of... Jim Smallman put up a point. Someone gave him a card at Wembley. He was a carpenter. 
just gave me his carpentry business card <laughs> as a result of that, which is very, very good. I like that carpenter. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it did for me. You know, all the, the the complaints we put in when we did the you know the preview show about some stuff about the TLC stuff. It's it's terrible. It's it's very dated. This is you know. It's not that I think it's necessarily dated. I think it's right. TLC um, matches were so good when they made people's careers and they uh, were able to be used as launching pads to get to the next stage. So mm. the Hardys, Edge and Christian, mm. you know, legendary matches, right? And then when you've used them later on in people's careers, I think in WWE, and you've had singles matches with TLCs, they're usually, you know, delivered. I think one of the problems was WWE got into a formula of using ladder, spotty ladder matches mm. and guys would do big spots. I remember one a couple of years ago, it was like a triple threat and they had the Usos and they had, um, Kalisto and Sinkara and another team that I can't even remember and it was a great match and I remember saying at the time um, use this as a launching pad for the Usos because the Usos are something and if they promote the Usos properly and even as like almost like a main event tag team act there's something there because they are great wrestlers who can have great matches they never ever mention any of the crazy spots that the Usos performed on that show or Sinkar and the other guys ever again. Mm. It was a match that happened and it was just forgotten about. And I think that there's, I've, I've gone to WWE round again, haven't I? So they've forgotten about what these matches can do to make stars. Now, this is not a feud ending no. um, stipulation, especially in this sort of feud. It's a ridiculous stipulation. They put themselves into a corner. I think they thought they had to a variety because they had the Havoc Robinson match or the uh, Havoc Osprey match mm, originally that was yeah. going to be death matchy and street fighty. But if like it doesn't matter okay mm. tna managed to pull off three plunder matches <laughs> on one pay-per-view yeah true. And all of them worked yeah like okay tommy dreamer eddie edwards wasn't as good as pentagon sammy Callahan. Yeah. it was still good for what it was right mm. like you can pull it off if you do it properly there's a different context to both feuds as well ultimately mm. yeah right mark andrews are oh, high flyer spots like okay high flyer who doesn't want to kill his mate but his mate has chosen the stipulation or his former mate wants to kill him <laughs> so oh, yeah i hate you mate but i fancy climbing up a ladder yeah, if i really like, want this contract yeah i think they're giving eddie dennis the con the title in like a yeah. money in the bank type situation at some point and they had to find a way to get to that destination There's maybe as well Say it again. There's other ways, though, isn't there? It's just I, I yeah, one of my ties. What should have been a high spot for me in this match? There was a moment where Eddie Dennis climbs the ladder and decides, you know what? No, I'm going to go beat up Mark Andrews instead. Oh, don't. And but that yeah. would make sense if we hadn't had ten minutes of table comedy before it. And yeah. all you got at that point was groans because everyone was just like, "Oh, for fuck's sake, let's just end this thing at this point." It, well, but if it was in a heated. I don't know, if the tables are broken, you might have got away with it. But generally, that was the moment where I was like, I get what he's going for, but this is why Joe was right. This dip didn't work. It was one of the best comedy matches I've seen this year, this one. <laughs> yeah. oh. And the tables got over. If you want to talk about making new stars, them tables got over uh, with the ironics in the crowd. Glenn Joseph did say, I am the table at one point oh, during, during the match. I mean, there was... Actually, can I say about the commentary, there was a really cool. weird dynamic. Is it the three of them all show? No. Mm. First two matches was Glenn and Dahlia Black. Fuck first off. two. First two. And then did Dahlia knock off? 
Yeah, she said she was off to drink some wine. Shift at the wine bar time, <laughs> was it? <laughs> it? It wasn't that. It was just sort of, at that point then, it was Matty Richards for the third, then Callum Leslie for the fourth, I think. And then the second half was three of them. Mm. Callum Leslie, Matt Richards and Glenn Joseph. And in this match, Callum Leslie was like pro-Eddie Dennis. Whereas um, Mark Edwards was very... Uh, <laughs> Mark Edwards? <laughs> there. Matt Richards. That's all we used to work with. <laughs> Sorry. That's a weird one. Where does he come from? Yeah, I don't know. From the subconscious. Um, Matty Richards mm. was supporting Mark Andrews. And so it was just like, where the hell did all this come from? Have I missed something on the previous previous episodes? Maybe I have. But they, they, they were the, they were, it wasn't full-blown heel, but it was all very pro-Eddie. Mm. And they were talking all this while the table spots were going on as a kind of like distraction from the, oh, Jesus, this table's not breaking. And, you know, mention it on that. It was, it was a real, sorry, it's from, you know, starting off with Tyler Bate Walter to go on to this is really from the sublime to the ridiculous. Mm. <laughs> That's it. Shout out to Mark and Matt Edwards. Uh, good friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like Matt yeah. Edwards. I quite like Mark Edwards as well. I'm nothing against either. Let's just, I mean, Matt I... He loved this match, didn't he? <laughs> I think this might be a place where we differ as well, Joe. I, I mean, we've said, you know, in our group chat, we, we've talked about this match before, spoiler, but we talked about whether we'd want a, a rematch, and I'm in the camp where I do want to see them get another crack at it. I want to see them... The heat won't be the same, but I would give them a yeah. ballroom show or an up north show and let them just kill each other in a proper match. Um, yeah. Have you softened any more on that from the, from when we last spoke? Yeah, it, it'll feel like putting one of the, you know those couples who split up and then they're like, ah, oh, we'll give it another go. <laughs> and then you see them and you're like, ah, oh, it's not quite the same. I think they're really trying, but it's just not quite the same. Mm. I think it'll be one of those situations. And I think people might be nice to them mm. and they'll give them the time of day. I think but... they deserve it. Yeah, for me, should, for I, me, the feud's dead. They've killed by interest. Joe, I think they should give it another go, just for the sake of the kids, just to give it a chance for them. Yeah, they, they should. They should give it one more go. If it doesn't work, they go their separate ways. <laughs> That's one way of putting it. <laughs> exactly. Um, He's a relationship yeah. analyst. <laughs> uh, well, what do you want to talk about next? What was uh, some other uh, highlights or lowlights for you? Oh, um, I mean, again, so it, it, I suppose. Might as well mention Ilya. We'll go working backwards on this, but mm. Ilya Pete Dunn, mm. Ilya of Pete Dunn. I have to say, other than the closing stretch, how did the com- felt- yeah? How did the I- crowd come across? I mean, I in the building, I was like, there quiet. was no one. It didn't feel like there was anyone cheering for Ilya. That's the difference between a a ballroom where a couple of hundred sound loud to a five thousand seater where Ooh, no, yeah. I'm going to say, mate, the ballroom they were dead for Ilya. Victoria Warehouse. They were on fire for Ilya. And Alexandra Palace, they were on fire for Ilya. But do you know what I honestly think they've been an, a progress have been a victim of here? Mm. That, honestly, I think they've been a victim of moment based booking and fans wanting to feel like they're part of a moment. Mm. So, like when Ilya um, was announced at Alexandra Palace, the announcement was a moment. And he'd just come off a carrot and the, his return at carrot, which had been online everywhere. And then at Victoria Warehouse, when he turned it up, it was another moment mm-hmm. so i think progress for the moments we're going to lead to this match being hot and i think moment-based booking can only get you so far long term and there needs to be more than just that moment-based booking and wwe exist on moment-based booking mm-hmm. when you when i watch a wwe show 
they're never consistent. The feuds are never consistent. The heat's never consistent as much as they love heat and all the rest of it. Whereas this was based on two moments and they thought those two moments would get this match over and it didn't. I honestly feel like they should have given Ilya like maybe, I don't know, Pastor William Eva on the way to um, Pete Dunne, former Progress champion. Mm. Maybe they should have given him Jimmy Havoc and the Jimmy Havoc slide storyline the way to Wembley and he could have gone over Jimmy Havoc in two minutes and just killed him. You know, a couple of pro ex-former Progress champions until he makes his way to Pete Dunne, the WWE UK champion. Mm. Establish his finishing moves, establish the burning hammer, the torpedo Moscow. Get them over... And then at this show, I think people would have been far more invested in Ilya's big moves and Ilya as a personality. And unfortunately, we didn't get that. Mm. I yeah. wonder. I mean, I think it would have helped, but I don't. I think it's a short amount of time as well. I still think billing it as the biggest match in Europe when ninety-five percent of the bill, people in that building are gonna want to cheer for Pete. I still think it doesn't well, work. I don't know. Maybe that's the heel slot, and I don't know what you make of it, JP. I I think there's. For me, and this ties into actually something I'd, I'd asked at Tagley, mm. the issue was, okay, you're the biggest match in Europe. Why? What is Ilya's re- um, reputation built on? It's built on the carrot win. It's built on the return of carrot, the intensity um, that he's done on the shows. You've got a good relationship with WXW. They didn't ask them, because they asked the um, the head of production, did they ask, did Progress ask to use some of the footage in the build-up for this? And they didn't ask. Mm. And that's a massive problem. Because you're being told this guy is the best in Europe, but you're not using any actual footage of him wrestling to build this up. Because I don't, for me personally, I wouldn't have had him wrestle kind of smaller matches because I think just the way he is, he's like that big match wrestler when it's the intense stuff and not seeing I'm him talking doing smaller squash one. matches though. Oh, Let I, him I squash can see two former progress champions I, I suppose to establish for, him. For me, I wouldn't have had them touch at all in the build-up and not actually seen it. But if you, they could have built him up using the kind of promos and some of the packages from WXW as part of that, because that wasn't, and I think that was part of the issue. And it all feeds into the same thing of a lot of the crowd, not knowing who he is and, and they didn't help themselves by never showing any footage of who he was or, and and even though I personally wouldn't have done it, having having any matches in the build up to it. Mm. So when he came into this, it came across really dead and obviously, they're all massively into Pete. But from that, really hurt it for me, bar the closing stretch. I think not having them touch sounds great in theory. Mm-hmm. But for me, I think you need to establish just those little things, like his, like his key moves. So like when someone may come into WWE, or I don't know, yeah. back in the day when there was like a WWE. Oh, like to show he could take something. out Pete Dunne. Yeah, mm-hmm. something like that. But just... Getting those moves over, having mm. them like call those moves and like the Torpedo Moscow, or whatever, mm. right? That's how he won the WXW Championship. Just little things like that, just to establish him, just to mm. get the moves did, over. So he had him hit that on the Go Home show, though, didn't he? Didn't he? No it? reaction, mate. Crickets. Mm. Crickets well, one month in advance. This goes to my kind of take with Ilya. I mean, I don't know if it's a controversial thing because I, I love him. I do. From, especially from seeing him in Germany in his element. He's here as a heel. That's probably the best role for him right now. Is he... And again, I feel like it's sacrilege to say it. Is he a bit goofy to be a babyface in the UK? I find... You know, the way he does crazy mannerisms and the motivational stuff he does on Twitter. I always feel like we forgive it because it's it's happening in a foreign product to us. 
Yeah. And I wonder whether with that progress fan base and with a English-speaking fan base, I mean, I think the work in the ring is going to speak to itself. So he's going to get over to a point. But I don't know. I don't know. If, did you see that stuff working over here? Is it is it a problem at all? Um, I'm overthinking it. I, uh, for me, I think you might be overthinking it. I think I think it's just the way that they that they introduced him, and it wasn't anything really to do with CMJ or or the promos on that. So I thought the promo he cut at the start of this was was true. Heyman esque because there were you know was it you were just a shit Paul Heyman chance going on throughout that as well. It, it, just for me, they, the fact that they, I don't think that did the crowd know he was possibly a bit goofy mm. or he, or was he deadly serious? I just don't mm. think they even knew either way. Yeah. And I think that's part of the issue. There weren't even, the crowd never really had that chance to make their mind up mm. to kind of decide, okay, what kind of character is Ilya Dragunov? Cause then yeah. you'll, how do I take the intensity of an Ilya Dragunov? Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I I probably would say it sounds like I'm the high man on the match itself. I did think mm-hmm. they got they got me on the near falls. Uh, maybe that's all it takes sometimes with the match is, is kind of that that big near fall section, and then people forget the uh, the rest of the match where there were crickets for for Ilya's stuff. Um, but I did think yeah, there were some good hard exchanges in there, and I almost bought a couple of the near falls, even if it probably was a foregone conclusion that Pete was winning mm-hmm. in the end. Um, did either of you rate it as a match, or did the crowd stuff just uh, just lose you? Like it wasn't bad, but yeah, it should have been better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I suppose. That's, and I don't yeah. think it's necessarily on the guys. I think it's on the the build and the promotion of the match more so than uh, anything. Kill says well that the Ilium music. Ah, oh, the music on the whole show is right. The main event. <laughs> Do you know what it worked? <laughs> Because Tyler Bates' music is recognised. It's not yeah. the key reason it were, but Tyler Bates' music is recognisable and it's fun. Walter's music is recognisable. I'm going to take us on to Havoc versus Paul Robinson, yeah. two men who have great theme music in progress. The man who AFR. does one of those theme songs was in the crowd. Yeah, he apparently was wearing a Paul Robinson T-shirt, and they still can't yeah. use his song. So then Scroobius Pip, I suppose it's to do with it being tied up with record companies with the rest of it, but could he have not done it live, possibly? Or oh, maybe he wanted a big paycheck for that? I don't know. Um, oh, I don't know. Oh, I'm knows? sure if they could, they would have, wouldn't they? I think that's like fair to say. Yeah. So, you know, Robinson's theme. I, lo- I love that intro to Robinson's theme as well and the build-up and the way he reacts to it. And then both men come out to fucking noise. <laughs> I had to listen to noise. Right, so remember WrestleMania well. 18 when Saliva play over the build-up package to Jericho, Triple H, shite feud, <laughs> shite song, shite band, apart from Batista's music, which I love. Um, it's like when they dubbed my way. All, yeah. For WrestleMania right, no, 17. But, but just playing, they, they didn't perform that live over the Rock Austin video package. Mm. They had the song just set to the Rock Austin video package. Mm. Saliva played live at WrestleMania 18 to a video package for Triple H Jericho. It's a disconnect. It's, it's stupid. They did it here. So I had some shite metal band at the beginning that sound like music I was listening to 15 years ago. It shows you how much that genre has moved on in 15 years. Yeah, I'd rather have Dead. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then we get to this match and we get two lots of noise again accompanying two men with iconic theme tunes to the ring sets a bad standard right then the match happened shit i absolutely hated this match it felt like both men had a tick list of spots and 
deathmatchy things and they had to get through them <laughs> all right a couple of references to the past all right he bled a load it looked horrible but ah, oh, jimmy Havoc at this point uh, he's he's for me he's done i've no interest in him anymore this was uh, the last few months with the osprey and the robbins and stuff was where he could have kind of saved himself i hope he just goes to america and does mlw and stuff full times he's more interesting there maybe does impact a bit more as well because for me in the british indies like his stuff is just yeah a couple of beers mate <laughs> Whoa, light tubes get them out lovely stuff brutal <laughs> fuck off he's more dedicated like, to his character as the mlw at impact um, yeah exactly like this was just this was crap i didn't mean to I I kind I thought this was a, I would probably push back on I thought this was a match where you could have got that beer drinking havoc and I thought you got it taking it reasonably serious the white paint was fucking ridiculous but yeah I I'm, not, I'm not denying that I'm not yeah. denying it I just thought it sucked as a match oh. like I just was I thought there was no intensity whatsoever that first match they had the intensity in that match and it's probably because it was um, an impromptu match as well. Mm. The intensity and the consistency of the intensity of the match makes it. You know, for me, there was no intensity to this at all. It was waiting around for the next spot. Oh, he's got the light tubes out. There's the next one. I was talking to the guy next to me. I was like, oh, we'll have light tubes next. Oh, there's the light tubes. Oh, there's thumbtacks. Let's get on with that one. Like, I hate. Death, I hate death matches. So I'm going to say that's it. That's where we're different. Death matches they've got a purpose and mm. there's an intensity to them. I, I really enjoy. I really like. This had none of that. I think maybe Sorry. it's a small building match as well because I was close up and yeah, I, lo- I, I really liked it. I think part of it's the fact that you you have a more visceral respons- response to the spots. You know, the the light tubes are breaking and the, the landing near you. Um, you can see that the violence a bit closer up. I mean, they did hit all the deathmatch tropes, but that's kind of what I was expecting. And I kind of, for me, I enjoy the deathmatch tropes. I enjoy, I thought Robinson as well, again, talking about it maybe being better as a small building match. I found Robinson great as being that hateable, you know, calling the crowd cunts, going back and forth with individual members of the crowd. I don't know, Does that does, did that stuff translate to, to being further back? Was that something that I'm... I've maybe got yeah, a bias so, for being closer up because I definitely liked it a lot more than you. Yeah, so on his entrance when he came out, I hated the music, obviously. But when he was in the ring, I was like, oh, I love Robinson. And I do. He's he's great. Mm. He's got something about him that I just love. Him and Josh Bodum are the most believable yeah. pricks. Believable the word. Um, yeah. And he, Rob, Robinson has an intangible that no one else has. Mm. And I, I hope he is back kind of on a more of a full-time basis because I think he'll give us something. But... As a match, I, and I think you are right, I think you being close up probably made it a bit more visceral, a bit more brutal. Mm. Where I was, the time between the spots, the downtime. Probably noticed that more. Yeah, the kind of dead crowd. And I was thinking to myself, like one of my favourite matches of all time is Triple H, Cactus Jack at um, Madison Square Garden, the Royal Rumble in 2000. The old Channel 4 classic. Let's just <laughs> one of the greatest pay-per-views <laughs> of all time. Yeah, and that match has a real story of a guy coming out of retirement, right? Uh, not going out of retirement, but close to retirement, um, and being kind of broken down, right? And every brutal spot in that match connects. There's a there's an intensity to it. The intensity is consistent. It's a massive building, and it's fucking brutal, right? I'm not saying these guys have a level of workers of those guys, well, obviously. Yeah, it has got Jimmy Havoc in it is kind of the problem there. Yeah, <laughs> but at the same time, 
could Jimmy Havoc not have followed a similar character trajectory to say a Cactus Jack in that match? Nah, didn't do that. It felt like that was the kind of character he should have been in this match, and he just kind of wasn't. Like, ah, just garbage for me. Absolute <laughs> garbage. This shite, deathmatch shite. Get in the bin. Like, get the scorpions out if you fancy it. Get the exploding bombs or the rest of it. Go full IWA 1995. <laughs> I'm up for it. I, I don't know. I just don't... I don't Actually, s- Amazon Prime, if anyone's... I think they've got the uh, king of the death matches thing on Amazon Prime at the minute. <laughs> or your desktop, probably. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. It'll That's be on the true. JP drive somewhere. Um, oh, yeah. JP, be the deciding vote. Where, where were you on this one? I mean, oh. I don't I don't expect Jimmy Havoc to be Cactus Jack, but I, I, again, I, I, I didn't see any problem with his character work in this match. I didn't think this was the piss around Jimmy Havoc. Um, it was deathmatch Jimmy Havoc, but again, your mileage might vary on that. It's it's a funny thing actually for this. I hate death matches as a general. I try to watch Tournament of Death and I just had to stop. <laughs> it's just like it's just fucking upsetting. I don't want to watch this anymore. I didn't hate this. Uh, yeah, so I didn't hate this as much as as you did, Joe. I think at the beginning it felt very slow and it sort of really dragged on. Weirdly, watching it on the VODs when the light tubes got involved, that the stakes kind of felt like they got raised, mm. and it was partly. The horrific uh, blade job on Robinson. It, I mean, it's it's disgusting. Mm. Like it really is. Like the stuff on his back as well. There were things though that happened that were kind of strange. Like the barbed wire baseball bat on the VOD just sort of comes out of nowhere. Mm. Just you turn around, and he hits him with it. And you're like, what's he hitting with? And it's the barbed wire baseball bat. Tickless. Got to get a barbed wire baseball yeah. down there. A bit of barbed wire, a few light tubes, a few thumbtacks, chairs. Tickless. They should have had the barbed wire bouncy castle they had from that uh, tournament of death. Jimmy Havoc. <laughs> That's where they should so, have gone. That would have gone probably Mark Andrews, Eddie Dennis at that point. That would become a comedy match. Yeah, true. Yeah, I kind of, by the end, I think the comment I wrote here is I didn't mind that, even though I really struggle with death matches. Mm. And the other one, sort of like Robinson being just proper hard mm. as being someone who, like, the way he came across by the end, I agree with Joe, that there's real mileage yeah. in, in him being there as well. Oh, that's something we can um, all agree on, isn't it? Robinson going forward in progress. It, it's good he's back. And there's it. lots you can yeah. do with him. Yeah, exactly. And he needs to be back in there and he needs to be kind of more involved because like you say about believability and authenticity, he absolutely has it in spades. Mm. Um, Axes in wrestling, like, look, they're not going to actually kill anyone. Mm. So don't bring out an object where the only real use for it is going to be to to kill someone. (laughs) Yeah, So like, bring out an axe. And the weird thing is, all these streamers being removed, but I'll leave the axe in the middle of the ring. (laughs) What? Like, yeah. why, why would you do that? That yeah. didn't make any... So I was looking at that, and maybe at that point, I'm looking for things to dislike about it because I dislike death matches. Mm. It just, for me, it was all about... It was all about Robinson. Yeah. Um, like, Havoc himself, uh, I've seen him do a lot of death matches, and it's, it's something that he does. Um, I don't really have any interest in it. Mm. The look was weird as fuck. It was weird. Um, it really was. It was like, okay. Um, like reverse racist. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what he was going for there, but it, it did feel a bit borderline. It, I would say as well, something about it, something we haven't picked up on is, is there was the, and it was a production point is the entrance graphics when the wrestlers come out are awful, very, are very very basic. But I did love the screen with the wrestler on either side of it mm. in the background. That looked that amazing. Made it yeah, same, properly same. like big show main same. event stuff. Yeah, agree. Yeah. But then again, we've just spent a weekend at WXW. 
and you look at their entrance packages yeah. and, and what they get out of those, mm-hmm. and they should have, you know, and I think, again, that's something that needs to be improved. You're going to take things to, like, a serious level. For sure. Uh, any thoughts on the, the rest of the show, then? The, uh, the Thunder Bastard tag was better than expected. I was... That was great fun. I went in so negative to that match, and actually, for me, it turned into one of the highlights of the show. I don't know how it, it translated on VOD or what you made of it, Joe. I... Oh, uh, uh, yeah, I thought it was really good fun live. Um, I thought the match was going to be good. It was just the build to it. Mm. I thought it was ridiculous and the yeah. spreadsheet stuff. It was a really fun match with a lot of really fun moments, yeah. for, like littered throughout it. I thought everyone got a starring moment. Yep. Um, I thought, like, say, Wild Boar looked really good in the match. I thought that Santos and Damien oh, Dunn... He was doing it with a broken their... foot as well, wasn't he? Apparently he broke his foot ten minutes before they went out. Who did? Uh, oh, wow, I didn't realise that. Yeah, he managed to do that big wow. dive spot as well. Yeah. Wow, they were the most... Like, I like them as a team anyway. They were I like the, the, the new ring gear. I've ever seen them. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, really stepping it up. Yeah, I thought there was some good stuff around this. And you had Bandido and Flamita, a couple of superstars in <laughs> there you, as well. Did you spot Sexsmith trying to do lucha with Bandido and failing miserably in the opening? Yes. I was really worried for the match when that happens, where he just kind of fell over and they like, just stared at each other. It felt like through those first couple of entrants, it was just like the match really wasn't going anywhere. It was just sort of, there were things going on within the ring. Um, a lot of it, obviously, at the beginning was, was sort of all very jokey. Um I will bring up again about the the, the Flamita springboard where he gets oh, lifted God. up by Flamita. That got missed by the camera. Did it? Well, I've got, I've got a copy on my phone if Progress won it. Uh, it's pretty it's HD, kind of close up. Good video of it. So, yeah, if they need yeah. it. Yeah, that, that was there as well. I also, the Gibson the Gibson mic spot when he's about to start going and then he gets taken out but get, and then goes back in the room, but he's still got the mic in his hands to carry <laughs> on with. They, they were like it was a really good fun match. Mm. This much as anything else. No, it was. I mean, Flamita and it was Bizzito a well organised cluster. Mm. If you're doing clusters, this is kind of how you do it. Definitely. Um, and it, and even though it, it, it was a long match, it didn't outstay its welcome. Happy with Aussie Open getting over on this one as well. I just hope. Here's a crazy idea, right? Whatever you're doing when you're booking these shows, don't watch WCW <laughs> uh, in later years and just, just book standard tag team matches between two teams with simple wrestling rules. <laughs> no fucking around. Yeah. No three ways. Probably didn't no need a build. Nonsense. What about the OG of CCK? <laughs> and the Calamari Thatch well, I, And the training partner, A.R. Fox. That <laughs> uh, yeah. actually leads to the point about how good Chris oh, Brooks Cal- is a tag wrestler. Yeah, well, I think but, we've got some great unintentional comedy from oh, the Thunderbars. But, yeah. but yeah, I don't want to see a Thunder... Like, I know they've said this a couple of times, and we're not going to do it for a while. No, just don't do it for a while. Like, don't do it for yeah. a good year. got to be done now for a year. Nowhere. Yeah. Doesn't matter what the injury situation is or anything else at that point in time, do not fall back on that crutch. Yeah. Because they they I felt like they kind of got away with this ultimately with how good the match was. Mm. But that they should if there's a lesson to be learned, it's just like stop like just book some simple wrestling. Right. If you're doing a build to a big show, you don't have to go completely berserk Vince Russo style mm. with it. Definitely. Uh, but yeah, better than expected. Uh, like I say, lots of good flying from Bandido and Flamita. Lots of good comedy. Great to see Aussie Open get that moment as well. Uh, yes. In the big environment too. I think it'd be great if, if Progress get behind them now as a team. 
Uh, that'll be fun stuff as well. But yeah, all in all, good stuff. A surprising win. Uh, we haven't got much else to talk about on the show. I don't know if you got much on uh, Riddle Haskins or that mess of a women's match. I would. How are you guys about um, Haskins Riddle? Obviously, I'm biased in this one. I thought it was awful. I, I thought it was just a match. Oh, I didn't think yeah, it needed to be on the I, show I at all. Exactly I just yeah, don't buy Haskins just... at this point. I don't want to see him. Riddle seemed up for him. Yeah, I'm, I feel the same about Haskins. He uh, and I feel the same about Havoc. Haskins is a very good wrestler, mm. but he's very stale. He doesn't. He's not offering a lot at the mm. moment. He needs to go and I don't know a bit time out if you ask me. Just freshen up. I've got completely. I really enjoyed watching this on the VOD. Um, for me, there was just I enjoyed the mat work, and I don't know whether or not that's because they were able to get some sort of close ups on that. I quite enjoyed some of the exchanges they had. I mean, clearly they're they're two big mates as well, and that kind of played into the whole well, thing. You're kind Three of the big third mates. Really, <laughs> <that, right? laughs> oh, aren't I? So yeah, I'm biased from the start of this, but I I did enjoy it. I agree with the Haskins stuff. To a degree, I think actually where they are now with him as a character, and this is stuff that they'll need to give it a long time, like in progress to kind of do rehabbing stuff, but kind of letting him be kind of more of who he is rather than who is he? Well, that, and yeah. this is what it comes down to for me. Family, who, and why who is he his face and Vicky's ale? Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's that's the thing family man and i think you can go in a lot of directions with it i kind of think of when kevin owens was doing like the kind of earlier on that kind of family man gimmick can kind of go either way and mm. i'm biased on this you're a charitable I, man jp i am a charitable man for it i would uh, yeah i would haskins is dolph ziggler ah uh, okay like uh, uh, yeah i've got no interest in him whatsoever sorry jp to it's it's all right cut your positive uh, spin it's, on it out there was but... something in the commentary they were bringing up the idea of the missed shooting star because he did that in wembley as well oh mm. yeah but that wasn't something that was played up in the build-up to it of like mark haskins return to wembley it was only something that was mentioned on the oh commentary. interesting yeah yeah i didn't yeah. think about that uh, I... that linkedin yeah all right i'm the, I'm the you know i ah. lose to you two on this for one. me that old hat and i thought to myself like on on riddle on his way out mm. you could put like someone over with this win like tk cooper looks like a fucking geek and was in a geek battle royal mm. and looked like a fucking geek he still escaping that makeup he should be in this sort of match beating matt riddle if they continued on the trajectory of what tk cooper was doing a year ago mm. and it would have been a great big win and would have got him over even further. Whereas instead it's just like Haskins progress regular. Yeah. Just throw him out there for a match. And what does it mean long-term and where does it go long-term? It doesn't achieve anything. And you had an opportunity to advance someone here and give him a boost. And you've not done that. Fair. Yeah, that's it. And also it didn't, it felt, it just felt a bit after, after the fact that like Riddle's already gone. Riddle's already debuted in NXT. I don't know. I feel uh, to me it would have been more special to see him one last time in the ballroom or one last time. I don't know. In, in I'd a... rather see him one last time with JP and just observe yes. their conversation. <laughs> That's what I want. That is genuinely what I want. Uh, one last mandate, you and uh, you and Riddle JP. Four thousand seven hundred fifty people watching me have a conversation. <laughs> 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 Sounds like Tagli. Usually, it's an audience of one. Yeah, I was going to say <laughs> that was my weekend at home. Um, <laughs> Love you, JP. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> moving on, uh, anything on the women's match? I thought that was a... Oh, what a joke. Just <laughs> looks like a bunch of girls in a night out uh, followed Ginny to the ring. 
and it's just an absolute cluster for a, pro- a promotion called Progress. Like uh, the women's angles and the bucket of females. This is women's matches for the sake of women's matches. Progression. They're doing what WWE did for years. They go, oh, let's just throw all the women in one match on the big show. Absolutely ridiculous. What a mess. They don't get any for that. Tony Storm's so good. And they get nothing out of her. Ginny, if you ask me, just sucks and has for the longest time. Good character. Laura Di Matteo turned absolutely ridiculous laughable i was stood there laughing <laughs> what reaction did it get oh, i like nothing it got like, laughter people... from me as well i'd like, have done geez. it wouldn't you though again. like she was so bad as a face i'd probably put her back with Ginny as well but it's still funny it's still funny that who, they had to. you know what who gives a fuck yeah. the women's division is a joke let it carry on being a joke i'll just continue to pay was, no attention to it it just felt for me uh, there was a couple of points i picked up one again when watching the VA was i second on the show yeah again. yeah yeah always second Mm. Um, the thing about you know and again repeating the point Ginny is a good character and you could see her trying hard but it's it just not credible at all mm. um, having seen Tony Storm and how she was using WXW for the, over the weekend it was infinitely better like her matches yeah. feel like an event whereas here it was all mired up with a lot of bollocks because the aim of this match appeared to be to get the entire women's division on the card. Well, look at how many times that match match changed as well. Exactly. So, but you know, become that three way as well. So all of the booking was kind of very messy in the build up to this as well. Then you've got the House of Couture out there, which I have to say as well, like it was... That name! Yeah. (laughs) I I just kind of would have preferred if they were on their wrestling gear. In a way, well, they're on a night out, mate. They got the, well, uh, you know, Nina they, they were struggling to get in and out of that ring. Up for nines on the big occasion. Yeah, <laughs> there was. So you had there were these things going. I on. reckon they were off down like vodka revs after yeah, or well, something. Ninety degrees. It's just that it was the bit where Laura Di Matteo and Candy Floss actually first came out to kind of confront them. It was just weird. On the it just sort of they just appeared on the VOD. I was like, what? Oh, they okay? They're here. I knew what was going on with the angle afterwards. It was it was just a mess. And then at the end of it, it was like, we're going to introduce someone else into the mix. It's like, I can barely remember what's going on from <laughs> Do you the reckon match. It just happened s- a few seconds ago. I reckon they might start up like um, mm. the Real Housewives of Progress. Because it very much oh. feels like one of those Real Housewives programs where it you've got these, like this group of people in this like one situation, but they're always feuding. And then they do a special where they sit down with some... like presenter mm. who has the two women mm. in these two different sofas mm. and they're feuding across the sofas i know it's gonna see my girlfriend and one of my mum watching it all the time and it's essentially the same formula that progress are employing here progress progression oh, right here i was gonna say you know we, we you know one of the things if you, you're talking about like where the booking tropes are coming from it's booking mm. women's wrestling as such an overt soap opera yeah. as it is where it's just like lots of kind of either angels or very bitchy heels <laughs> yeah. and a real stereotype of women written of by men maybe it is women <laughs> written by men yeah it is um and and it's a shame because i'm watching this going if you've given me tony storm versus millie mckenna it's just a one-on-one match yeah get millie how over much more. better that would have been yeah but well, that's the problem with doing a three-way isn't it because that's what really didn't work for me that it was like there was this gang of heels on the outside and then the gang of baby faces but there's three there's not two sides there's three and then when laura di Matteo gets in and is it tony storm she bumps yeah you lose a bit of the reaction because i it wasn't clear to me she was helping Ginny. she could have been helping millie mckenzie for all we know it was just 
badly thought out, badly put together. I think it turned into a three-way because they thought maybe Tony yeah. Storm wasn't going to make it. But in any event, I wasn't interested in Tony Storm and Ginny anyway. Uh, again, uh, and I'm sure we'll get a load of that on NXT UK. That's gonna, they're going to give us a year of that, I'm sure of it. Um, yeah, it was just a mess in 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 as an idea and a, and a mess in execution. It is, and, and and the thing is, it's just like there's an inability to have two separate sort of women's storylines going on at the same time. Mm. So everything is wrapped up in one thing. And the Jordan Grace stuff, I just immediately thought after, thought, okay, she's going to look really dominant here. Mm. Is it going to be a case where... She's interesting. We, she is interesting, yeah. Um, do you know what? And if it means Jonathan Gresham's over more, then yeah, that's absolutely more... She than, was great at all in as well. And she was great at all in. She has real presence, but I have a very bad feeling she's going to be wrapped up in a lot of... I don't know, spend her time beating up Shakara as she's doing running interference and Ginny matches. It's <laughs> going to be that building up for months. It's like, right, okay. So I'm not up for that. <laughs> what? I don't know. On that note, we should probably move on. I mean, yes, we should. <laughs> there's no, only we one. Spoken about, um, I was going to say, Trent, there's one yeah. other thing we haven't talked, and it's that. I mean, what, it, that was a nice moment, wasn't it? Um, Yes. I kind of found it funny, Trent winning a match with a crossbody after he misses so many. I don't know if it was the match to do it. Nice to see Doug get the big send-off, though, for the uh, the big occasion. Not a, much, not a huge amount to say about the match itself. We were saying that to each other before. It was like, I, I quite enjoyed it for what it was, but the ending was terrible. It was a comedy spot yeah. in somebody's retirement match. Mm. It does take it away. This isn't <laughs> Shawn Michaels saying... I love you, I'm sorry, and delivering yeah. a super kick. I think one of the issues here was they book, started booking Doug Williams for a retirement storyline. Mm. Doug was not a mainstay mm. in progress. He'd not been around. They brought him in. It was clear he was doing a retirement storyline. So the progress audience weren't necessarily engaged with, with Doug and his journey and who he was and all the rest of it. I think Rev Pro would have maybe he's done a better job of this because they've got that connection to British wrestling history that progress really doesn't have. Let's be completely honest about that. Rev Pro booked Johnny and Jody. Um, they book Andy Boy Simmons as a mainstay there as well. They've had like Greg James Burridge Mason. and James Mason back recently. You know, Doug, other than Johnny Kidd, is probably the oldest wrestler progress have ever booked when you think about it mm. and break it down. So it's just, I'll oh, bring him in, legend, storyline for Wembley. Let's do Ric Flair. Ric Flair was around in WWE for years, and then his history was very well documented in WWE as well. To me, this fell at WWE trying to recreate the Ric Flair moment. And if we're to compare it to like a great moment in, I don't know, TV, for me, the 1996 Only Fools and Horses send-off is one of the greatest endings and greatest moments to a TV conclusion ever, until they brought it back, obviously. Comparable to Ric Flair's emotional uh, departure in 2008 at WrestleMania, and I was there, and I was there at Raw the next night when they had the whole roster come out and did lots of things like the, the Horsemen and some of the historical figures. Something they maybe could have done with if Johnny and Jody were there, or a Simmons, perhaps, or an Alex Shane, who's pivotal in the history of Doug Williams and Nick Aldis, maybe. Whereas here, it felt like this was for the roster coming out, then looking at the Ric Flair thing. Yeah. But it reminded me of like Mark Fowler's exit from EastEnders <laughs> rather than Only Fools and Horses, you know? He's on his bike, the, the aides are kicking in. <laughs> I Gary's remember the scene. There. Yeah. Indy's there. <laughs> Martin might be there. Maybe Ian Bill. 
collect, fingers connected to his past. I think Pauline was too emotional and couldn't go see him. Maybe playing the Alex Shane. Did she Shane get there role. late? Did she get there after he'd already think, left? Yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah. but. It just, it, yeah, it did feel like the big, big occasion, like the conclusion of Only Fools and Horses with 30 million viewers. It felt more like a, a, a Mark Fowler moment with... The with du- kicking <laughs> Doug Williams in the role of Todd Carty. Perhaps the, the show was Strange Hill. That way it was. And that is our <laughs> review of Doug Williams and Trent Seven, everybody. Wow. <laughs> Oh, is he, I mean, I'm assuming he's still working. Um, he, he's he said he's still different. taking international bookings, I think, and he's obviously he's oh. going in the WXW Hall of Fame as well. I don't yeah. think he's doing anything more in the UK, though. I think he is legitimately done. Even um, the holiday camps, because he so. would be perfect for those. Doug, yeah. <laughs> well, he's done them for years. What are you on about? <laughs> no, no. But is he still doing them? No, I he think he's done. About- Okay, so he's so he's not like for him to. I just assumed he would be still carrying on doing the holiday camps. The aids are kicking in, mate. It's a <laughs> That's a vicious rumor, you. I don't think there's any way we can go from here. <laughs> Anything else yeah. on Wembley, EastEnders, uh, emotional exits from TV shows? Anything else before we go? <laughs> I, I, I don't know where to go from that, to be honest with you. That's, oh, uh, oh. Afterwards, I mean, in conclusion... Actually, he's oh. going abroad. He's doing the last few dates abroad. Mark went abroad to travel the world before <laughs> he was dead. There you go. Perhaps he went to visit Michelle in America. <laughs> he's gone to visit Sebastian, that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to go yeah. find him. Sebastian, who was not in the pre-show Battle Royal. I was very disappointed at that. We got yeah. sticks though. Apparently, that that's a big deal. Um, <laughs> this was it? Nah, not worth it, no, mate. It, no, not worth it. Mambo Trevay being last two made sense. TK looked like a geek. That's kind of it for me. Yeah. Okay. Were there any stakes? Is there a title shot? Normally, is at these things. <laughs> I think. I think there is. I think there's a title. Oh, shot. So Mambo's got a title shot. Yeah, oh. I, I said that one of my so mates. Dates, so is Eddie Dennis. Oh, my mate Gary <laughs> said nailed on Manchester show. You know what? We need a main event for the Manchester show. They don't mean too much to us. We only run there every when we feel like it. So, yeah. Chuck Mambo main event. Done. Or maybe, maybe the Bournemouth show in March. Oh, you know what? That fits better. <laughs> yeah, surfers down in Bournemouth. Bit of a beach. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I surfed here today, man. Or something like that, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's late, guys. <laughs> it is, yeah. yeah. Shall we, wrap? <laughs> Any yeah. other thoughts on progress or anything else you want to say before we go? Um, as far as a Wembley show goes, uh, for me this was a one match show. Um, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that match. The rest of the card was fine. Oh, Travis Banks promo felt a bit pointless as well. But yeah, it was uh, a weird yeah. promo wasn't needed. One of those things that maybe I'm just angry because well, it was one of the many things that added up to me missing the main event. Yeah. Unnecessary is probably the way. I could get why for that, and I'd also say as well, I mean, in terms of the super strong style, it's a bit like, I don't know, I, I was expecting it to be an Alexandra Palace. It's not quite New Japan announcing that they're going to have a show in the Tokyo Dome on the 4th of, on the 4th of January. I mean, it's not as obvious <laughs> as that, but it felt like, 
Oh, oh all right. Thanks. Okay, Do, doing that again. He's like, you're going to be in it. I kind of thought, well, I'd expect you to be. <laughs> yeah. um, if you're healthy, you're not the champion yet, probably. Yeah, it was very much a shrug of the shoulders sort of moment, wasn't it? It's yeah. as, as a thing that I thought, and it's probably um, like one of the closing things from it, is as a show like this, it did feel like it was very much like kind of the finale of a lot of feuds and, and various storylines that had gone on. But there wasn't really as much kicking on from this, I felt, that what they could have been. And in another way to use Travis Banks, whether or not he would have been some kind of involvement he would have perhaps had in one of the one of the matches at some point, that might have been a way to, to kind of better utilise him than... I just want to put him promo. on the show. I don't think it was neat. I love Travis Banks, but I don't yeah. think it was Yeah, I'd be interested to see yeah. what they do with him coming back, whether they continue that he did cut a heel promo so i think we're carrying on down that road um i hope they they pull it out for him because yeah it was a shame the way his title run ended i hope uh they can do something uh creative with him going forward here's a question do you see them doing another one of these in a year's time they didn't say much did they they'll be back i i think so i can't i don't think you can go back to the Okay. There's nowhere in the middle, is there? It's not like you can go, okay, well, we'll do a 3,000-seater or a 3,500 or 4,000. I think we're back at Wembley, if not something comparable. Stadium. Mm. (laughs) That would be impressive. (laughs) What about two? Wembley Stadium. NXT UK and Progress present. They're going to do a Progress show the night before at Wembley. Could happen. That would be be something. (laughs) <laughs> right let's wrap um, anything to plug JP Twitter Joe anything MySpace you want to get a bed don't you <laughs> <New adventure. laughs> uh, I just want to get those JP quotes out oh yeah. I'm on JP at JP Jippy three E's and now you said the quote thing I'm slightly regretting having put out the Twitter <laughs> handle uh, anything for you Joe no <laughs> fair enough you can find me on twitter at benson richard e uh, follow the indie corner at the indie corner and head to the indie we've got a glaps and claps review up of the progress wembley show um where andy goes through his thoughts on the show there's a fight club pro review from andy as well uh, a good this week in puro as well just talking the return of pack as we talked about earlier on the show if you want any more detail on that and of course you can check out mine and jp's as adventures in oberhausen uh trademark on furious you can uh <laughs> listen to that if you haven't already um that's all also on this very feed uh that's it for us for uh, another show we'll be back soon bye While we were away, I meant to do it all weekend and I didn't do it until the last night. I started the book of JP quotes. I was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking you could read them out in your best JP impression. Oh. When, they're, when they're too problematic, I'll censor them and I'll put it at the end of the show. What do you think? Like, obviously I'd love it. I'll be honest. I spent my entire week doing the impression with <laughs> colleagues and students <laughs> So I don't know how much he's going to get pissed off with me if I do it.
do it. If I can have some veto over which ones that are just <laughs> like, please don't do that one. Yeah. Okay, you can do that. Some and I, veto and I... power, I'm happy. In the, <laughs> you, you have as much veto power as you want, JP, and at the end and the edit, I will... I can, I can happily take the joke <laughs> for that. Yeah. Joe, I've just emailed you. Okay, I'll check it on my phone rather than my computer so you can't I, see I it. haven't seen this book of quotes, by the way. No. And this, is, this is a book of quotes of, of literally one night of JP, of the words of wisdom that JP Wait, comes out with. Which one was this? Was this the trip? <laughs> this was in the trip on the Sunday. <laughs> Do you want me to read them now? Yeah, let's read them. So, yeah, it's just for, just for people's... We'll probably mention it through the show, but... This is words of wisdom from JV. JP. Notes that I made throughout just just one night of hanging out with JP. JP, you are a genius. I haven't seen these. And I always don't want to see them. There may be some censorship. Oh, I don't know if I can keep it together for this one. <laughs> Joe and your best JP. I haven't seen any of these yet. These are Tony Atlas of Europe, just spreading it a bear. <laughs> That's a real quote. <laughs> The thing is, I can imagine it with the exact inflection of each word. <laughs> Don't feel bad. Just say it. And he's the most it. consenting adult of all, Moose. <laughs> You're the furthest a Connor could be from being Con- Connor McGregor. You are Connor. Uh, oh, okay. I've just got that one. Go right. say that one again. You're the furthest a Connor would be from being Connor McGregor. You are Connor. <laughs> yeah. Who's Connor? Who's the guy from Connor Welsh who was there? <laughs> <laughs> next one is also to connor what is, what is this regarding like uh, there's no context to this if you show it to your parents they'd love it <laughs> jp no context should be a twitter account. yeah <laughs> this next one might need censor i think i've heard you say this one before <laughs> I'm not going to prison. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a veto, JP? <laughs> oh, oh my God, there are so many. I'm tempted fate with this. <laughs> if you sh- oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Sorry, that'll be the drugs. <laughs> oh, right. What? <laughs> this was a three-hour period. <sighs> Self-employed can mean many things. Rude or not, but I'm game for that. <laughs> I didn't feel like I did that one justice somehow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's wrestling for people who think CZW is too much like New Japan. <laughs> What's that about? I think that's women's extreme wrestling, mate. Oh, oh my wrestling. God. Right. I can't... <laughs> Speaking of which... <laughs> <laughs> Ferocious female freedom fighters. It's quite the name. Not to be sniffed at, though. Okay. I want to see GIO come back from Iraq and get her title back. Jesus Christ. You do have a good Jesus, whatever you say. <laughs> like you in the shower in Preston. Do you remember that? Oh, yes. Better, I remember. When he almost fell over. When he was in the, t- the shower in Preston, he fell over. <laughs> I mean, you were in the room and could just say, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> you lift shut up for... Oh, this... How many times have I heard this fucking quote? <laughs> I've heard this at least three times this week. 
<laughs> you lift shit up for a living. You're not Yoda. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's yeah. That one goes down well at work, especially around people whose husbands are builders. Oh, I am, aren't I? I'm terror. <laughs> I forget that. But they find it funny. ISIS cutter. Yes, yes. My God. What's that? <laughs> I think ISIS that's where it's extreme wrestling again. I don't know. Would they have been around during the women's extreme wrestling what, ISIS? era? ISIS? It'd be more Al-Qaeda, wouldn't it? That, well, I suppose they would have been a fringe group at that point. We're asking a lot of women's extreme uh, wrestling. Middle bit, Eastern, perhaps we'll do a Middle Eastern history <laughs> podcast and go into it then or something. Uh, I'm, I'm going to laugh while Googling what GIO is up to these days. <laughs> I don't think you care about European wrestling at all, Benno. <laughs> Very true, I'd love though, to read. Sure. I'd love to read what's on your desktop right now, out as well. To be honest, but I think we've gone a bit too far. <laughs> yeah. you here. We'll leave that one for another one. That's the show title. Yeah, extreme wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> JP, we love you. <laughs>